What's up, everybody? It's LG Set here. Welcome back for another Monday of the First Mint. Today's episode is actually kind of a special and unique one and something that I didn't really expect us to be doing anytime soon, uh, but we actually have a guest, uh, two guests who join us uh, around maybe the hour 15 mark, if you're listening on audio only. They uh, are from a film that many of you have seen from the 1990s, and they're on to promote and talk about a commemorative NFT collection for that film. If you're listening to this, you probably saw it in the title, so you can, uh, if you want, you can skip it ahead to that part. But before that, Phil and I have our usual kind of weekend catch-up. We talk about whether we have a secret third brother out there. Phil tells us about buying illegal fireworks. We talk hockey and our sadness. We talk about the NBA draft. And then for a little bit, for maybe like a 20-minute stretch, 15-minute stretch, we do talk about... NBA Top Shot, the analysis of what's going on with the redemption moments, and the, uh, I guess it's not a scandal from last week, but the the big proclamations from us and, and other, you know, um, some of our peers, other content creators that, that Top Shot is dead and whether there's any validity to that or not, as well as who was the mysterious buyer in the Top Shot streets last week who spent $40,000 on the legendary pack? Who was that? Anyways, we talk about a little bit of that, and then after the interview with our special guest. At the very end, we very, very briefly talk about our SOAR strategy, but things are a little quiet in NFTs right now, so it's a good thing we got some good company and some other good content to chat about in the interim. So enjoy your week and enjoy another great episode of The First Mint. This search is over, now welcome to First Mint. Looking for NFT content, look no further because this is it. From Top Shot the blockchain, they got the data chops, analysis, and backdrops to show's equator hot. LG and Phil D, the best amongst others, best brothers that happen to balls is the ball brothers. So settle in, cause it's time for the best show. Ayo Quad, who we reppin'? Let's go. Whoa! <laughs> what could be so is funny it, behind the curtains that you're dude, laughing? Is, is, is it weird that we still play that song? Because there's so many not. things that are just like so out of date. <laughs> like that will so never be out long of date. ago. That's like that's like yeah. changing the theme song to Full House. What do you think people would say? Like, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't care if it's 40 years old. You cannot change the theme song to the first minute. It's just it is what it is, man. Do it's you think? Do you song. think we'll be doing this podcast for 40 years? I think so. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'll do it from the retirement home or wherever the hell. <laughs> That'll be easier. Then we can do like all the cool like uh, other podcast people that are just sitting on a couch and they just have like a stand with a microphone in front of them. That's what like every other podcast does, right? Where they're not remote. So I'm down that's for that. that's yeah, they're always sitting you know, like you're right. Like when yeah. I see the, like Jake Paul and his brother, they, they always yes. do like from remote locations and all sorts of yes. random places. And I'm like, these yes. guys are gonna do this. It's always like ever, yeah, right. Yes. I agree. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's make a pact right now, 40 years from today. <laughs> We will have our forty-year like anniversary this is, edition. This is episode of fifteen thousand of when we are eighty, eighty-two, and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> wow, That'll be a disaster. Age reveal. Watch whatever, out! Man. Nobody knows who's really who's who on the internet. Yeah, who knows That's what's right. going on? People yeah. don't even know that we have a third brother yet, right? I mean, that thing is still going around. Even we I should actually bring him on. Could you imagine that shit? Could you imagine <laughs> that like mom and dad? Like, like we're like, okay, like LG, come to Toronto. We have something to tell you guys. We're like, oh, okay, you know what it's, what it's going to be? Like they're moving or, you know, moving to Mexico or something. And they're like, you have another brother. 
Well, and he's and he's I don't know, and he's older. He's older. Like they had him young, or and something happened, or something like that. Like he's he's ten years even older than you, or something. They don't know where he went. Yeah, he yeah, they don't know. He ran away one day and he never came back, but now he's back, and he need, and he has to join the show. We need to Google our parents' names. Maybe we'll find something crazy like that. Like you know, a couple <laughs> loses child at the zoo or something. <laughs> what do you think our third brother's Tarzan? <laughs> Some kind of savage. But but you know, I on that note, you, you I could see the reveal being like, so we were planning all these years on taking you guys on Jerry Springer. <laughs> but now that he's dead, here's the real reveal. We'll do our no, our parents would never do that. I I I would find that really wild. Yeah, um, I think I'd be disturbed for life that they kept that secret, to be honest. You know, you know, some mm-hmm. families, it's like the connection is not there. And, and I could see that happening if, if you know, mm-hmm. the parents weren't together, maybe you're all over the place. Maybe one of the parents secrets. had a kid yeah. with somebody. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, but there's all these secret things. I just don't happened. see yeah. it, man. But that'd be pretty yeah. wild. Um, mm-hmm. Even crazier if it's like somebody we knew. <laughs> so all the joking around. Like what do you mean Steve somebody we knew? Being our like, brother. Like, oh. He's really your brother. <laughs> or Sebastian Vettel is really your brother, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a famous athlete and they never bothered to tell us you yeah. know and that's what mom and dad secretly do they go to all the f1 races they travel around the world to see oh. sebastian vettel but then they always make sure that they're back home whenever we that's call him. them or when they come to visit you they're like man we haven't been doing much just been hanging out you know just hanging out retired reading books oh, uh watching God. old episodes of seinfeld whatever you know whatever they do Watching blockbusters from the '90s that Dad has on DVD, you know, like oh. just just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right now what Dad has that's not on DVD; it's all on VHS, and he would love to watch it with us. Is Garfield Halloween? That was always an all-time classic. I am convinced that he still has it. And Garfield you know Hall- we- what happens in Garfield Halloween? I don't remember, but it's on the same VHS <laughs> as the Mister Boogity. Um, oh, Mr. Boogity. Yeah. But you know what? Do we even know what that movie's called? Because I, I'm sure we watched him in French, but do we know it's your Boogity? English version? It's called it's Mr. Called, Boogity. It's, it's called Mr. Boogity. I'm going to pull it up so that oh, people know what we're talking about. It's so, a yeah, Disney so movie. Phil and I, so whenever we would go to our one of our grandfather's house when we were kids, you know, as everybody probably experiences around our age, it's like you go to grandparents' house and the grandparents have like three forms of entertainment for you. Right. Like one is like maybe like a present they got you, like a cool mask or like whatever, you know, like a helicopter toy helicopter. Two is walking around outside on their property or in this other place that they live, like out in the country or wherever it is. And three is like whatever two or three VHS tapes that they have that they recorded of like shows on TV that they're like, this is a kid show. I'll record it for when my grandchildren come over. Like that's basically like every grandparent in the 80s and 90s. That's that's it. That's all they had. That, and they, that was plenty for when like the kids would come. Uh, so we would go to our grandparents, our grand, grandfather's house and watch this movie that he had taped over TV. I was going to pull it up called Mr. Boogity. And it's actually, I think, Phil, it's on Disney Plus right now. That's why I sent it to you recently. And it's and it's basically like this, like this how it's so typical Stranger Things style, like a family goes to a house, moves into a house and it's haunted by this weird like green guy. And at night he leaves like green, green gobbly footprints on the ceiling and stuff. But then the dad doesn't believe the kids that it's haunted. Anyways, but we had it in French, right? Because we grew up in French, so it was you know in English it's Mister Boogity, and in, <laughs> in French it's Monsieur <laughs> Bougatti. 
and then know, I guess it, after that, I don't remember Garfield man. Halloween. This is this is what it looks like. This is Garfield yeah, no. Halloween. I don't I don't remember this at all. There was Garfield Halloween and Garfield Christmas that were. Thought, Garfield Christmas is a classic. Yeah, it's a classic. Garfield Christmas is a classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a pretty well known one. I think. Man, you're you're right though. They, you, I think I think the reason that's on my mind is because we watched it so many times. It's like every time you'd go there, you're right. There was only a few options yeah. you could do. The ping pong table is like a huge. Yeah, the ping pong table. Yeah, yeah. If you had awesome, um, I don't know if you were like old enough. Kind of, yeah. Well, the the organ. Our grandfather had an organ. An too, organ. I remember. And we were obsessed yeah. with it, but we weren't obsessed with actually playing normal stuff. We were just obsessed with pressing all the keys. And all the music oh. that would come out of there. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember that getting us in a little bit of trouble. I mean, not real trouble, but telling us to stop doing that. No, so here, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. I have exactly paddles. the one. I have the exact model here. Check this out. This is it. This is the exact organ that it was oh, with all yes. these knobs, with those all these colors. Those colored like, buttons were amazing. It's like, I'll just describe it. It's kind of like a wooden piano kind of thing, but then there's two levels of keyboard. And then on top of the keyboard, there's like green and yellow and red and black like buttons to, to, to make all these effects. So it's not an actual, it's like an electronic organ, I guess, or something like that. It's not an actual organ like you'd have in a church. It's like a, because I guess, I guess he played the organ at church or something like that, right? Like, oh, he that, could that play why that. He had this? Yeah, he could rip on oh, that, right? I'm not, that. I'm not mistaken from remembering that. So, um, and there's you know, also a probably... golf set in the basement, LG. I don't know if you remember this. Like I guess I don't know if you're old yeah, enough, but there was like a little, yeah. there was a little mini putt thing where he had like the things yeah. where you, you know, you know the thing you have in your office that you just put like a single yeah, putt machine. Type I know. Deal? Yeah, I guess yeah. they had them back there, and I remember yeah. I'd be left down there all by myself to play with whatever whatever there was because I was Where a bit was older I? than you. What was I doing? I wasn't allowed. I don't to. know. I, I was definitely not told to watch you because that wouldn't have ended well. But well, I was probably like so young that they had to watch me. But you that's were what old I mean. enough. You were like five at that point, so you could just go do whatever you wanted. Yeah, and I just remember like I know it was a putting thing, but I remember absolutely teeing off down there, like just sending balls into oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> just to see what happens and it was kind of tight like quarters so it always hit something and like you hear like, like ping 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 and then someone would call down saying like what's going on down there i'm like ah, nothing uh but anyways yeah good memories i i do enjoy those movies a lot but i can't believe that movie's on disney plus so i'll have to go back and watch it but i don't feel it'd be yeah. the same if i didn't watch it in french because i think it I has to be in french Right. It has to honestly, like for anybody who even speaks a little bit of French, watching most movies in French is way better because the dubbing is hilarious. Like once, Phil, you remember this when we were teenagers, I bought Night at the Roxbury on VHS because I was like, I love this movie. It's hilarious. I want it. And 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 then when I got home and I took it out of the, the cardboard box VHS thing, it was in French, like the, like HMV or the record store, whoever it was, like totally rugged me. But then I wa- we watched it in French, and it was like 10 times funnier in French. So highly recommend it uh, for anybody who has the French option on their movies. I'm sure Netflix has like a French dubbing option or something like that now. So it does. Highly recommend yeah. watching normal movies that you know and seeing what kind of voices they give to like known Hollywood actors when they turn them into French. When it's like, oh, George Clooney, but it's the French version of him. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's wildly entertaining, honestly. So you, you can tell you. LG that sports are starting to drastically slow down because we've <laughs> spent the first nine minutes talking about old Halloween movies at our grandfather's <laughs> house in a town called Gravenhurst, Ontario. And if you ever Ooh. tell people that, even that are from Ontario, they're like, where the hell is that? Right. Mm-hmm. Small town. So, yeah. Small town. Um, good, yeah. good, good recap on childhood memories. Um, I was in the States uh, for the last five or six days. Oh, wow. shout out to everyone who said hey you're in my area and then i'm like yeah where are you at and then they didn't respond they're just like 
<laughs> like I posted in several discords, like, hey, I'm in the Massachusetts, Rhode Island. What? The real Phil D? You didn't tell me you were coming. I'm like, well, it's my first day here. I'm telling you I'm here now. Where are you? No response. No response whatsoever. <laughs> Nothing so, back. Yeah. It's no. I think I think they Phil, I think they definitely want to meet you, but then when push comes to shove that it's time to actually <laughs> hang out, they're like, they're too nervous. I think you make them too, too nervous. nervous. I think you, you intimidate people Come a little on, bit. Man. No, but it's not like I would have had time anyways. And and Massachusetts is a big state. It's not like we would have been like, hey, you know, I'm five minutes away, I'll come see you. But yeah, no, I think people are kind of expecting me to say, hey, I was just there. But no, I just mm-hmm. got here. So like, oh, mm-hmm. whoops, I won't answer for the next five days. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, one thing that really caught my eyes is because the accent in Massachusetts is pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, locals can tell when you're not from there, right? So in the hotel, they had a fabulous breakfast, great cafeteria there with free breakfast every morning. We're not just talking about your yogurt and like your bagels. We're talking about everything. There's like 10 different options. You can make your own waffles. You can have your own cereal. You can have absolutely everything. Okay. Even had, they even had fried chicken to put on your waffles and things like that. And the lady that was taking care of it was an elderly lady. And she, she right away, she, she kind of identified our accents as not being from there. Mm. And when we told her we were from Canada, much like so many other Americans, she was super nice. She yeah. just went on and on and on about, you know, family trips when they were young to Canada. And they started, started naming all these locations. But then this happens to me a lot in the States. People kind of don't know that, you know, not everything is together in Canada. Okay. Mm. So she was talking about Toronto, mm. this, mm-hmm. and, and then she's talking about Timmins, Ontario, which is like, I'm like, right. okay. And she's like, like oh, an eight hour drive from Toronto. Like, yeah. she's like, you know, that restaurant, like, like drive in the into corner. the middle. No. Yeah. 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 Talking about the restaurant on the corner of this and that. I'm like, uh. Okay. <laughs> the only time I ever yeah. went to Timmins, Ontario was for a hockey tournament. That's and like the that's only... like the equivalent. It's just so people understand the difference between like Toronto and this place Timmins or small town in Ontario, the same province. It's like saying, like, hey, like I've been to New York a bunch of time when you're talking to a New York person and they're like, oh, cool. And then you're like, hey, yeah, I also went to Columbus, Ohio once. <laughs> right. And it's just like, do you know that restaurant in Columbus, Ohio? And like <laughs> on the corner of New York, Fifth like, and- I have yeah. no frigging clue, man. Like, why would I ever go there? But imagine Columbus, Ohio is a town of like 30,000 people. Like, <laughs> like, cool. You're from the States. Yeah. I've been a clean. Yeah. Oh, you ever no. go to this one diner in the middle of freaking Utah? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> no, and, and that's no, not a diss no. on our American friends. Like we love you guys, but it's just ge- geography wise. I've always watched these yeah. videos where they go around New York asking people like, show us on the map where Canada is. And they point like where Africa is or like it's there. <laughs> they only pick they only pick the ones who can't do it. That's the trick with those things. They only, they they only, only show, show the people that. who can't That's do right. it. So they probably have yeah. to go through like 10. To be fair, they probably have to go through like 10 people before they get to somebody who's like totally clueless. And honestly, Phil, I guarantee you, if you walked around downtown Toronto or Vancouver or whatever, and you ask Canadian people point to the U.S. on a map, I actually think that a lot of them wouldn't know either. I think you'd have the no, same that's, rate. That's insane. Both ways. That's insane. Like it really yeah. is like, come on. Yeah. Right. I think, I think um, it's, I, yeah, so she, she was just naming off all these towns and she went to Montreal. She's like, yeah. So my, my cousin used to own that's a good. restaurant it's going on about all these things as if I know what they are. I'm just like, okay, cool. Anyways. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a pretty good experience. I mean, um, it's just different. You know, this, there's a different vibe when you're in the States and when you're in Canada, no matter where you go, it's just a different vibe. I don't know what it is. It's really hard to explain. You could say the same about when you go on vacation, but I, I go all over the country in Canada too. Sort of actually, no, I only go to Montreal, Niagara Falls, Blue Mountain. That's all you can go to from here. Uh, but it's just a different vibe without paying like $800 for a flight to come here. Well, that's the other thing people do. 3000 miles away. The same <laughs> as the U S right. New York to LA is like Toronto to Vancouver. Same thing. Cross country, dude. 
yeah it's 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 shorter to fly for you to fly to paris than it is to fly to vancouver it's less time that is ridiculous that. yes that's canada 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 and the u.s are the width of the atlantic ocean <laughs> so it's, it's huge yeah <laughs> but there's and, less and in between here there's less in between toronto and vancouver than there is between new york and la i'll just say that there's way less yeah and on the way in lg like you know I, I don't get nervous. Like if I ever get pulled over by the cops, I don't care. I don't get nervous. I, I never get nervous when cops are driving right behind me. Like, honestly, it's just, there's some people freak out. You see them swerving and like they're all over the road. I don't ever get nervous. I wasn't nervous going in, but I, I crossed at a border in a, in a place called thousand islands. Um, mm -hmm. and, and some people, I may actually know this. If you know, upstate New York, you probably know thousand islands, a beautiful area with like tons of cottages. I think a lot of celebrities have cottages there. It's not too far from uh, Lake Placid area. If that's another crossing altogether. But we crossed there, and there was absolutely nobody at that crossing. So I'm just like, man, nice. okay. There's like five booths. Which one do you pick? Which one looks the least suspicious that I like swerve to go that way? Like, you know? So we pull up. And, and the U.S. border guards are usually a lot stricter than the Canadian ones. Okay? The Canadian yes. ones are actually – they'll smile sometimes. Well, especially when you're coming back in. When, when you're coming, coming back, back in, they're like, all right, yeah, right. whatever. Like, do you have, did you bring any drugs or guns? Nope, you're good. No, like, come yeah, on exactly. in. You know, so unless you're acting fishy, it's different. But going to the U.S., it, it can be tough for Canadians going to the U.S. Because oh, they'll be they, tough act, they oh, talk yeah. to you like you've already done something wrong and like you're going to go do – and like you're on your way to do something wrong. Um, so and hoping yeah, you freak it's, it's out tough. and like spill the beans, like, all right, take yeah, it away. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, so. you reveal something, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much like actually that's that's a whole other story, but um, so you know, I pull up, give the passports, hey, what's up, where are you going, hockey tournament, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. And for Standard. the first time ever, this guy like wanted to chat, so I don't know if it was like a <laughs> tactic or what, no, no, but oh, totally, he's, he's trying like, to get he's you, like, yeah, no, not even though I'm serious, like, I was trying to get rid of him, I'm like, dude, okay, can we go now? Like, <laughs> can, can we go? Yeah, like, he's, like he wants to talk about hockey. He wants to talk about the passport office being on strike in Canada. Um, yeah, he, that's fair. All sorts you know, of yeah. shit, man. Like he just going on and on, and you know, he no, but seriously, he wanted to talk hockey. Like he was talking full hockey details about this. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, mm -hmm. does that tournament? So yeah, it could be a tactic, but like I just felt like the guy was bored out of his mind. Probably hadn't had a card in like an hour. And he's like, next card mm -hmm. that comes, I'm gonna chat my life away with them. But <laughs> one more small thing before we move on, LG. The most terrifying experience <clears throat> I oh, ever no. had crossing a border was when I lived in Ohio for two years. Oh, this time. I think everybody yeah. knows this by now. And <clears throat> the most fascinating part about living in the U.S. for me was the ability to buy fireworks, okay? <laughs> in Canada, you can buy fireworks, but it's from like these pop-up trailers. It's not legal all year to buy fireworks and do No, that. yeah, there's only like a okay. certain time window where you, <clears throat> you can can't buy just, fireworks. Yeah. So there's pop-up stores in Canada, and especially out here in B.C., it's like you can buy them before Halloween and like before the Canada Day long weekend. And like that's so it's very like limited time. Otherwise, you buy them illegally, and they're complete garbage too. The ones you buy here, you'll pay like ninety bucks. You get these two little popper things, or the firehouse that turns on fire and like goes for like an hour and just explodes. Uh, but they're boring. Like you're gonna be paying three four hundred bucks for pretty much nothing. Our suck. Our, suck. Our, our fireworks. Our illegal fireworks suck. Honestly, they're garbage. So yeah. I kept seeing on the way to Ohio from Canada, while driving through a tiny little corner of Pennsylvania on the side of the highway. I kept seeing phantom fireworks on the way there and back. I'd always see it in the Erie mm -hmm. County area. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know, I was coming back for Canada Day one time. And I said, you know what? I'm going to buy some fireworks for everybody. And we're going to put on a big show. And you cannot buy fireworks at those stores if you're from mm -hmm. that state. So it was in a mm -hmm. tiny little corner of Pennsylvania that was showing on the highway. But it was mm -hmm. really in the middle of upstate New York, right? Mm -hmm. But you could see it off the highway and, and people from New York could buy from there. Mm -hmm. So I said, let me buy fireworks for like mm -hmm. 200 bucks. 
and, and, and we'll do a big show. So I go in there and everything in the Phantom Fireworks is like five for one, like including like the massive <laughs> ones. I'm like five for one. So I would take five of these massive blocks that were like $20 and I'd put mm -hmm. them in the cart. So I mm -hmm. left there with like mm -hmm. two or three carts full for two or 300 bucks. I call everyone back home and I'm like, listen, get everyone together. We're doing the biggest fireworks show of all time tonight. Okay. You guys don't understand what I'm bringing back. So I load up my X5 with, I had my suitcase and stuff. I was coming back home for the week and I load up the X5 with all the fireworks and shit. Mm -hmm. And I'd say about, I'm about an hour and a half from the border. So as I'm driving, one of my buddies messages me, goes, well, I looked it up and I don't think you're allowed to cross the border with fireworks. No way. But it never There's hit no me. For me, chance. fireworks yeah. is a fun thing. Okay. So I stop yeah. on the side yeah, of the yeah. road and I look it up and it's considered explosives and like terrorism, like friggin' 100%. It's also they, they can't, they can't like inspect it. Like they can't, they're going to open it. Cause then that's like a, it's like a bomb for them. So it's like, there's no, there's no chance they're going to let you in with that. So I'm like, and, and I had the kids with me and they were very young at the time. So I'm like, okay, they're excited. I'm excited. What do we do with these? Do oh, I stop on the side no. of the road and just light the entire <laughs> yes. thing? But it's, it's broad daylight. Like who yeah. cares? Like it's not exciting. Right. So I said to my son, your nephew at the time, who had to mm -hmm. be, I think, like four or five years old. I'm like, mm -hmm. I know you're excited, but you need to shut your mouth. Because if anybody asks you about these, we're going to try and cross with these. Okay, and see what happens. <laughs> I'll just say I didn't know you weren't allowed to, whatever. So we tested him at the last toll booth. Now, I just noticed something in the States last week is that the toll booths now, they're all automated. Like, they take your license plate and they bill you. There's mm -hmm. no more stopping mm -hmm. and giving money to anybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... We stopped at a toll booth and I told him this is the border. And I said, you're not going to say anything when they ask you or something. And you're not going to tell this person that we have fireworks, right? No, no, no. So I open his back window. <clears throat> we stop. I give him the money. Sure enough, he tells the guy that we have fireworks. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I knew this. I know the golden rule with kids is if you tell them not to do something, they're probably going to. They're going to do it. Yeah. I like he told the toll booth guy. I like he like. Well, yeah, he I thought like, it was the border. The... Yeah, exactly. You tricked him. You tricked him into his bad behavior. <laughs> yeah. So immediately we're talking like. 10 feet later, I pull to the side of the road, take him out of the car, leave him on the side of the road. I'm like, we're out of here. You're staying here forever. See you later. Have a good one. Okay. Starts crying. Back in the car, you go. Now, yeah. if somebody else asks you, you're not going to say anything. Because at the border, they make you put your back window down every time. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they so, show you what you got back yeah. there. Yeah. So yeah. I'm in line. And I'm, I'm now I'm scared shitless. I'm like, fuck. He already, he already said something once. But I think I scared him bad enough that, well, he'll never see us again if, if he says something else. Mm -hmm. But if mm -hmm. they ask him, Right? Mm -hmm. I'll probably just say it. So I'm like, man, what mm -hmm. do I do? Mm -hmm. So my game plan was to not lie. Okay. If they ask mm -hmm. me specifically, if I'm, if they say firearms, nope, I don't have any firearms. Nope. Right. They always yeah. ask that. If they say explosives, <laughs> I'll be like, yeah. well, I have fireworks. And, yeah. and what's yeah. the yeah. worst? Just plead, just plead right? ignorance yeah, and that you sure. thought fireworks were fine, but not, not lie. That it, like, if they ask you about fireworks, you'll say yes. But if they don't, yeah, exactly. who cares? You know, and yeah. I covered them with all sorts of clothes and shit because it was taking <laughs> up ninety percent of the car. Like it, it was everywhere. <laughs> there were the long sticks, the big bombs, like the art, the like everything, uh -huh. the artillery stuff, like the things you throw in the air, the grenades, smoke bombs, everything. And I covered everything, and you know that's the only time I think I was a little nervous, but I tried to keep my mm -hmm. cool. And the Canadians don't usually ask that. The Canadians actually oh. only care about tobacco and alcohol. That's what they care about Canadians bringing back. They're scared shitless that you're going to go buy all your tobacco and alcohol on the U.S. side, and they want to tax you for it, right? Well, we have a limit, too. When we're away That's right. and we come back to Canada, there's a certain amount of, like, 
liquor and smokes that you can come back in with to the point when that it's like when we were in college and we'd go to the u.s for whatever reason on the way back we'd be like okay what's the limit and everybody would go to the duty free and buy like whatever the limit was of alcohol that we could uh because you're a degenerate when you're like 21 (laughs) (laughs) i remember those days and they'd always catch you if you came back from like cuba or something they'd catch you with like three bottles and you're only allowed oh yeah you're done like you gotta pay like a hundred bucks oh yeah you gotta pay the duty you gotta pay the duty yeah it's ridiculous so long long story already Mm -hmm. gone by they never asked so you never asked about any sort of explosive or terrorist related materials which is what it was listed as terrorist Terrorist materials and you know i got through and I can safely say, like, that was the fireworks show of the century. I know there's still videos <laughs> of that thing, but it what looked did you like use a war What zone. did you use them for? Like, just for fun, or did you wait it was for Canada Day. birthday? No, oh, it was, it was Canada, Canada Day. Day. It okay. was something okay. like Canada or Victoria Day. I can't remember. One of the two. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's why I got them. A lot bigger. Right? I just wanted to put on a basically. show for people. Yeah. But people yeah. were so excited at these new, like, to- for Americans, this means nothing. They can get these yeah. all the time and yeah. they don't get excited at this stuff. Like, it's normal. No, it doesn't right? mean anything, man. Like, no. once I was driving through Wisconsin and I stopped at a store called, like, Guns, Gifts, Cheese, and Fireworks. And it's like, that was literally the only thing they sold in the store was the guns, cheese. Yeah. So I left with some cheese and some fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> That's despicable. Trip. I don't know how those <laughs> go together, but. Um, well, I didn't buy yeah, no, it was it was one heck of a display. It was it was mm-hmm. quite the experience. Um, mm-hmm. I have to admit I knew what I was doing when I was crossing with that illegal stuff, but I didn't buy them knowing they were illegal and be like, Yeah, I'm gonna sneak them in, right? Um, but that also shows yeah. you how kind of easy it is to sneak stuff across the border if you really want to. Wow, right? oh my um, god. I'm last just saying week, last week right? I'm talking about pump and dumps. Phil's <laughs> taking it up a notch this week by saying all the illegal activities that he's recommending. So everybody <laughs> in Canada who listens to this, if you need fireworks drive across the nearest border, load up the car, bring your five-year-old and get them to lie and then come back into the country and have a fantastic Victoria Day, which is next weekend, yeah. or Canada Day, which is the first the first of July. It'll save you a ton of money because again, what you can get for 200 bucks <laughs> over there is uh, like, I can't even tell you what you would get here. Nothing. You'd get those little things that you light on, you know, those little sparklers or whatever. You'd get those. Yeah, yeah. And these times, no. again, that stupid firehouse. The yeah. stupid, stupid the firehouse. firehouse I think it's really the only package. ones who had that. No, God, I don't think anybody's right? had that. We're so that's my experience. There. Good times, man. Wow. Wow. Hey, speaking of, uh, I mean, listen, Phil, we usually, we, we've been kicking off the show the last couple weeks talking about playoffs. Uh, I don't think anybody wants to talk about the Maple Leafs at this point because We're done it's that. been it's been a pretty horrific uh, stretch. I do want to talk NBA, but I feel like that'll dovetail into Top Shot. So I do want to talk very quickly about NHL because we have been talking about it, and I think people got a little bit invested. Um, but there's a Game 7 tonight, Dallas Dallas Stars and Seattle Kraken. I, I don't care who wins. I can't imagine a less interesting Final Four for the NHL. But of course... You know, Phil and I, as as good Canadians, definitely believe that Gary Bettman and the NHL want these like obscure American teams to face each other in the finals, mainly to to, to boost them up because they just want to keep expanding. Also, for people that don't know, no Canadian team has won a Stanley Cup since 1993. So we're 30 years now that know like that the cup has not come back to canada i don't care about other canadian teams winning it but i do think that that's interesting uh, especially for the american folks to understand uh that as the you know uh, i guess dominant nation in hockey or at least most of the time uh that's a little bit ridiculous that 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 no team here nobody's been able to build a team here to to, to bring it home so despite i think i think five or six different finals appearances from all the teams combined not including the leafs because the leafs haven't made it to the finals in 50 years 56 years but still pretty pretty awful did you know lg that 
an American football team last won the Canadian the CFL Grey Cup since the last Canadian. I, I I'm sorry, I worded that completely wrong. An yes, American team yeah. has won uh, has won the, the Canadian Football League, League championship. Great Cup, the championship yeah. since yeah. the last time a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup. Yes. So think think yes. about that. The Canadian Football League had an American yes. team or two, and yes. one of them won the championship since the last um, Canadian city won a Great Cup. But That's right. Here's what really bothers me, though. Okay, and I, and I know I don't know if our dad is like this or not, but what bothers me the most about Leafs fans, and and I said I said I've said I don't want to get into the Leafs. But I've said that the Leafs need a culture change, and that goes from everyone in the organization. Which I don't know if you saw today, LG, but they basically said they're not doing anything. Everybody's staying. Mm. Um, yeah, everybody's staying. I did see that. Yeah, yeah. Complete garbage, okay? It's going to be the same thing all over again next year. Anyways, it's going to be the exact, be exact same thing. We're the the fan the base season. needs yeah. a full culture overhaul, okay? I, I'm yes. sick and tired of this. We already went and over the media. rock with his yeah. let's go Leafs. That was last week's show, okay? <laughs> then there was the we want Florida chance. Those things have gone oh. viral, okay? Oh. That's the new generation of Leaf fans who have no idea what they're mm-hmm. doing. Okay, um, and then there's this thing that's that's bothered me forever is that when the Toronto Maple Leafs are out of the playoffs, which has been the case for the last 50 years, ever since we've been fans, since they don't make it to the finals ever, mm-hmm. the next best thing for Leaf fans to do is to cheer for a Canadian team that is no. in the playoffs. Okay, no. which I don't understand. Like that fan base in Vancouver, that fan base in Edmonton, they don't give mm-hmm. a shit about you. Trust me, they wanted you and the Leafs to be out. Okay, they will not cheer for you if you go out. So stop doing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then when the, when the last Canadian team goes out, which happened yesterday, then you know what Leaf fans do, and it bothers me even more. They start cheering for the team that took out the Leafs, saying if that team wins, it validates the no. Leafs being knocked out. I hate that. That's not how playoffs work. It. That's not. That's not. There's no. Nobody cares that your team lost to the team that won it all that especially like Nobody maybe if that, your team right. made the final and went to seven games. Yeah. That's a little pat on the back. Like, Hey, you're pretty close, you know, come back again next year and do it again. And you might get lucky, but if your team lost in the first no. or second round to the team that won it all, your team is just another shitty team that the championship team steamrolled on the way there. Okay. And I don't care how many games it went. It's like, that's nobody cares at nobody cares. all. Like, Sixers like fans are do you, not going do for you care? Right uh, no do game. you care that year that LeBron won in Cleveland with the huge comeback against the Warriors? Do you care that he beat the Raptors on his way there? <laughs> Fuck no. Like that doesn't matter at all. Like he we have a parade downtown because that happened. Yeah. He beat us. Yeah, I mean, exactly. he, anyone. It doesn't matter Let's at all, man. Like that's so useless. Like it's no, we didn't almost beat him. Doesn't matter if it feels that way. Like we weren't close, uh, and it's and it's a completely different level. So it no, is a I, wild I, I, stat. Any, any sport, that's a lot of years, you know? right? That's yeah. a lot of years. Thirty three years is a lot. Uh, something else I wanted to bring up. I brought it up on the show because I did predict mm-hmm. last week on mm-hmm. the show, right before the NHL draft lottery, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that if it was rigged, okay, that the yeah. Chicago Black Chicago would win, would jump two yeah. or three teams and win that lottery. And sure enough, about an hour after we ended the podcast. The Chicago Blackhawks somehow won the NHL lottery and the ability to pick Connor Bedard, who is a, a generational player coming up in the draft um, with the first pick overall. Like it was obvious to me. Okay. Just the markets that were out there, the NHL can manipulate this how they want. There was no chance they were sending a Connor Bedard to like San Jose, no chance, like none. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to see that. Now, the other stat I want to bring up, and I've also brought this up in the past, is that no team in history of the NHL has ever won the Stanley Cup with a player averaging $10 million per year at that season on their roster. 
Okay. There are only three teams left in the NHL playoffs that don't have a player making 10 million. And that's Seattle and Dallas who played tonight for mm-hmm. the, for the chance to go to the semifinals and the mm-hmm. Carolina hurricanes. Mm-hmm. So if you're in, into placing bets on futures and stuff, I know that streak will eventually come to an end as, as players make more money, yeah. but it's just a, it's a formula like no other in sports for hockey mm-hmm. is you have mm-hmm. to have balance and mm-hmm. your star players have to not be paid too much because there's just no room under the salary cap to fit anywhere else. Like look at Edmonton and Toronto, terrible defense, terrible yeah. goaltending, tons yeah. of goals, but that doesn't win in the playoffs. Right. No, all the, it, it, it's no, the same pattern. you need, both, you need the right? room to sign mm-hmm. some really key role players who are going to make a huge difference late, late in games. Uh, and those guys aren't necessarily cheap. They're not the most expensive, but you need some, some cap space for that. And you can't right. have, it can't be top loaded. And for the Leafs to say, they're going to roll it, run it back again next year. Like everybody it. knows this saying by this point <laughs> of like, you know, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Like the Leafs continue to collapse in the playoffs. And and, and yes, it's a good season. But um, I think at the very least, a coaching change would have made a lot of sense because you also have a few veteran coaches in the league who are available right now mm-hmm. um, who are out of work. So it wouldn't be hard to bring in like a proven coach to kind of remix the roster a little bit. And two years ago at a different playoff collapse, they lost to the Montreal Canadiens who were terrible that year, the year of COVID. And they leaves her up three games to one and lost. I think after that, you need a culture reset and you can't keep going back. So they needed to fire the coach at that point. That's what you need to fire the coach. And and you're seeing that in the NBA right now, but you're seeing that in the NBA right now, right? It's that like every, every team that has these like, Hey, we're in a championship window right now. We've got some good young players. We have a good core. We have good role players. We're going to remix the roster a little bit this season, but what we did this year didn't quite work that enough to win one or two rounds all those teams have fired their coaches and now you're gonna have a little merry-go-round of coaches and you're gonna have different people immediately people are like you know monty williams he'd be a perfect fit here if ty Lue's available you're send right. him here nick nurse perfect fit here everybody's kind of like okay okay this way the way we did it let's remix it everybody kind of make a, a few of these good coaches championship coaches make them available have them change you know play musical chairs change a few spots and and remix it and those teams might have success next year Right. But what I love is that they did it right away, LG. I love that. Like I said with the Leafs, you want to send a message that we're changing the culture. You, you, and you, or at the very least the coach, the next morning, you're out of here. We're done with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. But now they've Mm -hmm. let it simmer where they're like, well, you know, we reconsidered now. And, you know, there's what they did say from the insiders is that there's not, there's probably not someone better out there. So what they're saying now, the one person I do not want to see come be the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I had to shoot this down with, so many of the of fan base today is a gentleman by the name of Bruce Boudreau. Okay. Great, <laughs> great coach. But I already told you what bothers yes. me with the least fan base mm-hmm. and all their mm-hmm. immaturities of not knowing that it's not let's go Leafs and that we want Florida chance and all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Nothing would bother me more than that entire arena chanting Bruce. There it is. If that ever happens here, <laughs> you have my word LG. I will come on this podcast mm-hmm. with every single Maple Leaf mm-hmm. Jersey I have, and I will burn mm-hmm. them all in one pile. I do not ever want to hear the Bruce <laughs> there it is chance at least Phil, games. Okay. We're finding Bothers out that the things that bother you the most is the way that fans or celebrities cheer for the Maple Leafs. Like That's let's the go Leafs with the Rocks and, and Bruce there it is. <laughs> okay, but here's the deal. Okay, go let's switch to Europe for a second. If you go to Barcelona, Real Madrid, Manchester mm-hmm. United, if they don't win the Premiership or the or, or, or La Liga mm-hmm. for 40-50 mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. and not even come close 
What are the, mm-hmm. the fans doing? You know what the fans are doing? They're rioting. The whole burning city it down, down, man. Okay. Burning until the, the owners are gone. City until down. Everybody's yes. gone. Okay. Yes. They don't accept this crap. The Boston Red Sox on opening day this year, I loved it. I watched that game. Do you know what they did? In the third inning, they booed the living hell out of their team in the third <laughs> inning on the home <laughs> opener. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they had mm-hmm. signs of don't bring your garbage to the city. We don't want mm-hmm. the Bruins to have any of this or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And guess what? The team has gone like 21, like eight since. Seriously. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the fans here, it's the same pattern all the time. Like I saw it after the game where we got eliminated. They yeah. were like, oh, man, so proud of the boys. We finally mm-hmm. got over the hump of winning a round. You know, I, mm-hmm. I can't stand it. The, the, the mm-hmm. fan base is a big part of the issue. I, mm-hmm. I said I wanted to go to that game, but I was out of town. I would have been there throwing mm-hmm. my jerseys on the ice. I'd be booing the entire game if they were losing. I just mm-hmm. don't like it, man. It, it, and mm-hmm. it, for me, it bothers me. It has to start with the fans. There's, there's a democracy in sports with the fans that I think people have to realize that it's like the booing is not because you want to hurt the players right. personally and you want them to cry at night. The booing is literally the only way for fans to actually speak out and sure social media, but it's like otherwise the fans are represented by the media and that's not always good. So it's like the booing at games, for especially for marquee teams where there's high expectations – is actually valuable like it is meant to hurt it's not meant to like destroy your life but you definitely want the players to feel it you want the coaches to feel it you want the gms the president everybody to feel it uh to get their asses booed on home ice right and i think that that's like it's a valuable tool right so that's that's a good point about the red sox i didn't know that uh from this year and and look at that now they're now the red sox are they're doing okay um, they're doing okay uh they're They're the best they're the best last place team i think there's ever been (laughs) well that's that's that whole division is absolutely berserk Uh, the LA's where the, the Jays are eight games above 500 and, and, and they're in third place, which um, no other no other third place team in the majors is above 500 except for the That's Angels ridiculous. that are one game above 500. So, uh, yeah, a little a little insane. Phil, let's uh, let's talk NBA, though. Um, the draft lottery is tomorrow night. Finally, you've got Detroit, Houston, San Antonio, all with 14 percent odds. Uh, I didn't down the list. Charlotte at 12 percent, Portland at 10 percent, Orlando nine uh, and so on. The Raptors have a 1% chance of the draft lottery. And obviously the, the prize is Victor Wembanyama. Phil, do you have any takes at all on the draft lottery? I feel like you think that he sucks or that he's a big, uh, I think he's, he's so, I think he's so overhyped. And, and, you know, yeah. we like, just from what we've seen with like all these things of like, he's the next big superstar. Okay. The mm-hmm. only guy you've ever been able to say that about is LeBron. All right. Seriously. All right. We've heard this with so many of them, like Zion, like who the hell is Zion right now? You know what I mean? Like Zion's a complete disaster. Like yeah. seriously. Right. Yeah. Like everyone was so excited. Zion's going to dominate the league for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where he's going to go. I don't have any theories when it comes to the draft lottery. I think mm-hmm. Houston will probably be a good landing spot. And I think the league wouldn't mind that at all. There's the whole James Harden angle now where he's kind of waiting to see where, who gets the first pick and then he might go there. All this nonsense like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, you read me right on that one. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like he's overrated. I just do. I watch him play in Europe and I watch him dominate those games. And I'm like, dude, that is not the NBA. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is not how it works in the NBA. He looks fragile to me. Um, and he looks like he's always hurt. I don't know if he has a history of injuries, but the guy looks like he's always going to be hurt. That's my, yeah. my vision of this guy. So I think, I think, um, I think he's, I think he's the kind of guy where it's like, I, I feel like a lot of people think that he could come and make an immediate impact because he looks good, but I don't know. I feel like it probably could, but maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like it it still takes a lot of time to develop as a big man at the pace of the NBA. Um, 
It really uh, who does. Knows? Who knows? But there hasn't we been this much can... hype around someone in forever. No. Right? Like, when you're a giant crazy. dude, though, and you can shoot the three, that can be pretty lethal, especially in the modern NBA. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that goes. Yeah, I mean, I hope it's not any of the teams that recently got first overall picks. It was annoying when a team has like a million first overall picks uh, and keeps, and keeps you know, and then still can't perform. So, you know, Detroit got Cunningham a couple years ago. Uh, the Magic got uh, Paolo last year. So hopefully, I mean, it, it does feel like all signs point to Houston. Um, I don't know if it's rigged or what, but uh, it would also be hilarious if it was like a really low percentage team like Dallas or something like that, mainly because tanking is so funny and has really taken over the NBA that for that formula to be like totally broken to me is is really good because I don't want to see as much tanking. It's super annoying. So uh, I'd love to see like a Dallas uh, or what, what are the odds for Dallas? Like that lot, like, that's that's three percent. Dallas is three percent. Is three percent odds really, for Dallas? Really? So low. really low. If that thing's rigged. To be honest with you, if I'm going with a rigged angle, getting Luca to actually be relevant in the NBA playoffs would be the NBA's mm. priority, and and yes. bringing a player in like that would definitely help if he's going to reach superstar levels. Um, well, but three percent, yeah. man, they 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 didn't tank properly this year. Like that should have mm-hmm. been more of a focus. Mm-hmm, uh, if mm-hmm. they really wanted to do so, well, they went for Kyrie, and then that kind of destroyed their season oh, anyway. Man. Who so. would ever go for Kyrie? Like, who who ever <laughs> thought that was a good idea, right? Um, what about LG? What about Ja Morant? Like, give me oh, honestly, man. man I, I said it on this show back when yes. he came back. His yeah. very first interview after he was reinstated and allowed yeah. back, I fucking hated it. The things he he was kind of he was kind of pissy with the media. Like mm-hmm. he's like, why ask me about that? Like you saw what I did. I did treatment. What else do you want me to do? Like. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, that is a terrible attitude. And that tells me that you did what you had to do to get back, but you don't give a shit, right? Like, yeah. this guy is unbelievable, man. I cannot, I, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into a yeah. whole thing about this. It's too bad. It's it's honestly, it makes me kind of sad. It's just like, it's, it's insane. It's, yeah, I think to me, at, like from a top level, it's really shows you what it takes to be a true superstar in the NBA. Yeah. And that it's not just being really good um and being a good team player and all the and and all that kind of stuff it's also it's like it's having really good people around you that it's like the steph curry's and the lebron's of the world and even the maybe even the lucas right like i don't know i don't know what kind of people he hangs out with but he's not making instagram videos flashing guns it's like that they to proliferate it's like they have a good team around them either of their parents their managers their agents whatever that is uh and are managed well by their organizations who you know, mentor them and, and encourage them to have good people in their lives that it's like, no, none of those guys are self-made that it takes, it really takes a lot of people to do that. And I think for a long time, people made fun of LeBron for having his best friends around him, but clearly that served him incredibly well because that's one person that on an, un, in an unbelievable level, Phil, like has never ever really had any kind of off-court controversy where he did anything wrong. And you, and you can't say that about guys like Jordan mm-hmm. or Kobe. You know what I mean? Like each of them had a lot of, it had different issues that you don't really think about as much anymore. But for someone like LeBron and Steph, it's like, that is like, that takes, it's really hard because that's something you can't do on the court. You can't just be good on the court uh, to have, to have a good image and to, 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 to make the right moves. So, wow. you know, I hope for Jaw's sake that he can turn it around, but if he's, if he's not aware, like, I don't know, I don't know if anybody in his entourage can really help him if he doesn't really understand why it's a problem. Oh, hell no. Not that entourage. Yeah. Have you seen those guys? I mean, they're the ones that one of his yeah, buddies actually yeah. went live on IG to show this. Like, think about that for a second. Yeah, that's, that's what happened. I mean, though. It's like you need okay. he, he needs someone like, like his, what? His, his manager or his or his trainer or, or um, 
you know, his agent or whatever to be like, listen, like you can't, you can't keep hanging out with people like that. Like, I know they're your friends or whatever, but it's like, you can't like, that is going to, you're, you're literally pissing away a hundred million dollars of $200 million of career earnings and another $200 million of endorsements over the course of your career. It's like, you're, you're pissing away half a billion dollars, right. For all, for all we know for jaw, like who knows the sky's the limit. He's such an incredible player. They have a great core that, you know, have a decent core, a huge window that it's like, that's where it's like, it's really sad to me that it's like, damn, like that's, and he's a special player. Like everybody really Mm -hmm. loves him as a player, right. It's, he's a unique guy. And, um, it's it's really too bad. And it's a and, good point yeah, you maybe, make though yeah, about yeah. about LeBron. It's a really good point because LeBron has, as far as we know, I mean, we don't know of anything he's ever done wrong. He's never been in trouble yeah. with the law. Yeah. No infidelities that we know of, like things like that nope. that are very common in yeah. the NBA. Um, yeah. And and someone who reminds me of that and has equal success in what they do, and I know it's going to piss off people because for whatever reason they don't like him. Uh, but Drake, Drake has the exact mm-hmm. same. Um, kind of of personality in the rap mm-hmm. world, in in, in mm-hmm. a world where I mean everything they talk about is 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 violence and drugs and, and things like that. He has managed to keep a almost perfect image, whether he does mm-hmm. stuff on the side that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and look where it's taken him. He's now in his mm-hmm. upper thirties as well and still dominating the game uh, mm-hmm. of rap and and hip hop. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're right. It, it is it is tough to see because you don't like you have his dad there on the sidelines. Yeah. Um, and Vince, Vince Carter used to have his mom on mm-hmm. the sidelines and she was always getting involved in stuff. And Charles Oakley one day stepped up mm-hmm. and said, listen, pal, your mom, no more of this crap. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's not going to be have, we getting involved mm-hmm. in everything that goes on here. Mm-hmm. John Morant's dad. I mean, he was in that scuffle with, Shan, you know, with, 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 was it Shannon Sharp or the players are in this couple, but anyways, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's just not working out. Um, no, and I think he's going to yeah. be suspended for a long time. And I think and I, like that to me is the best case scenario is that he gets suspended for the season and learns his lesson and like has to significantly that. rewire his social life. And I, but I'm saying that's the best case scenario. I don't know how likely it right. is, but I'm saying that that's the best case scenario. Like Josh and just Gordon, spends right? that year yeah. freaking training like fucking crazy, comes back twice as big, twice as strong, and then just obliterates everybody. And and because he's still super young, like that's the thing is like he's not even anywhere near his prime. Like how how old is John? 23? Yeah, he's, he's twenty three. He's twenty three, man. He's born in nineteen ninety nine. You know, and they mean? Like, dared that so much time still ahead of him. They dared to blame Dylan Brooks for all that went wrong in Memphis this mm-hmm. year. When mm-hmm. this guy continuously doing stupid shit like that, and that Dylan really, Brooks, the best yeah. part is, is they cut him. Said he's never, yeah. no chance of ever coming back here. And then yeah. the NBA awards come out, and he's on the second uh nba yeah. all defensive team <laughs> that's like, right he's on the like, second what's team going and on they, in they say he's never playing like, again for the grizzlies because uh he has an attitude on the floor he, he pokes bears and he play. says all this funny social media stuff or his like jaw is like you know <laughs> like doing things that are way worse and i did see uh, but, him linked with yeah. the raptors lg you mentioned that like last week <laughs> i think it was you that said like he better not come to the raptors i said oh, oh you better believe they're gonna take a sniff because they're kind of yeah. missing that like jerk attitude a bit and they are, be, yeah, be a perfect fit for that, uh, especially yeah. now that he's a villain everywhere he goes. I'm, I'm excited for the NBA offseason, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. I think you know, a lot of teams really think they have a shot and have a window, and you're going to see a lot of different coaches uh, in different places. You're like, like we've seen the last couple of years, you see still quite a lot of player movement around the draft and around free agency and stuff. So, um, I'm excited for the Raptors, see if they make any big changes, who they hire as coach, and also, uh, just to see what happens with like, even think right now, like. Every team that isn't still playing, that's not playing in the conference finals, considers their season a failure, right? Sixers, the Suns, uh, Warriors, you know what I mean? Like all those teams have big changes coming. 
right? So I think that that's that's really interesting, and it's never never a dull minute in the NBA. Let's uh, let's put it that way. Um, but Phil, uh, yeah, okay. So we, do you have a, do you have a pick for the finals at this point? Because to me, I think what's funny yeah. is that I like there's been for every single round, well, not the second round, but every other round before that. The uh, the Miami Heat are massively, massively underdog, uh, even against the Celtics, even though the Celtics like barely survived, like they were a couple minutes away and like a Jason Tatum waking up uh, away from losing to the Sixers uh, and then had a great game seven. But to me, it's like the part where the Heat are still like a plus fourteen hundred to me is absolutely insane. Uh, that that those are what the odds are for them to even and that's to win the championship. So yes, but even I don't know what their odds are in the series against the Celtics. But I, I think I think they deserve a lot more credit. Well, considering point. especially get how, and they're going to get Tyler Hero back. I'm assuming sometime soon. Yeah, and, and considering the Celtics, we've been saying for weeks that they look they've looked like they're on the mend. Like late in the season, they look like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look like that in the first round. And they certainly look like that against Philly. Like Philly's incompetence. Yeah. And the yeah. fact that Joel Embiid is a fake MVP when it comes to the yeah. playoffs, okay? Yeah. that That's the only reason the Celtics – like, Celtics should – they didn't lose the series in Game 7. They actually mm-hmm. lost it in Game 6 mm-hmm. in that uh, fourth quarter. Like, that was one of the worst fourth quarters I've ever seen, right? I was yeah. following it. I wasn't actually mm-hmm. watching, but I rewatched mm-hmm. the highlights after, and I saw everything. But, but yeah, that's where they lost it. So the Celtics, for me, are on the men. But then you can also say that a true champion finds a way to always win and survive. Uh, but I think they're absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and everybody, I think, it, I think, yeah. I think everybody's hoping Tatum is this big legendary player. And he, I think, sure he has. He's had some good games in the playoffs, uh, but hasn't won anything. And I think you know, waiting for that to happen. If they win this year, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to bet against them for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they but, if they fail or even don't get past the Heat, which again I'm gonna say I've said this many times. Last year. Same Eastern Conference final. The Heat took them seven games. Mm-hmm. And we all know, you know, same thing, same situation in the bubble where the Heat beat them in the bubble and took the Lakers to six games. So just saying that it's, you know, uh, Jimmy Butler is this playoff monster. They've got Kyle Lowry now. Um, they had him last year. Getting Tyler Hero back also could be a huge boost. So I'm not I'm not betting against the Heat necessarily. The Heat have, the heat have championship pedigree. Um, but I, I the way I see it is... First of all, LeBron James is something like six or seven and zero in his career in conference mm-hmm. finals. He has never lost mm-hmm. in the conference finals. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He, when he gets other this than, far, other than Orlando, he lost to Orlando in like two thousand eight or something like that. Okay, so the then Magic it's six or seven and one, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So Dwight. But Howard, when he yeah. gets this far, it means that the team has figured it out. They figured out a way to have guys perform kind of the way that Embiid said yesterday. Which weird comments, man, saying like. It needs to be more than me and James out there. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, but and that's Tobias the case with every team with superstars. Outscore, like, outscore both of them. About? I think Tobias Harris. I outscored both of them. No, dude, it's just weird comments. Like the guy's just yeah. weird. Okay, and, and he wasn't even crying after. Like, he was hugging players. That bothered me too. I'm like, dude, get out of here, man. You guys keep saying bullshit over here. You guys are the Leafs of the NBA. You really are. Okay, stop, stop <laughs> shaking hands and getting crazy. LeBron, when he loses, he walks off, doesn't talk to anybody, and that's because he cares. Um, mm-hmm. But the Lakers, hard to see them lose. Like, they've come so far now to the point where mm-hmm. we're like, this is the worst team LeBron's ever been on. What mm-hmm. a joke. Where's he going next? Mm-hmm. To, uh-oh, they've put all the pieces together. They're healthy. Okay? And I remember a game about two months from the end of the season between the Lakers and the Celtics. It was an amazing game that went to OT. And it was the game that LeBron got fouled by Jason Tatum for the game winner. 
And then yes. through that hissy fit. Yeah, and he fit. cried and went totally Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went bonkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah it was like a Saturday night national, yes. national TV game, whatever. It, yeah, it was It was a an incredible yeah. game. It really was. Yeah. It was in Boston. And I just have a vision of kind of the previews of the NBA finals showing that moment over and over again. And, and there was you mean so in like the drama, opening, like, right? like a hype video yes. for the finals is yeah. 100%. They do, the NBA would love Lakers Celtics. Finals, they would you know? love it. They'd love And that. they missed it oh, in the, the bubble. Marquee. They wanted yes. that. They didn't yeah. get it. So no, for me, Jimmy Denver's another team kind of like the Celtics that have looked weird at times. Remember we said against Phoenix, they look cooked, man. Like we don't know mm-hmm. what's going on with these guys, but they, mm-hmm. they look like garbage on the road, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lakers are not, um, the Lakers are, are not going to go on the road and just heal over. They haven't done that on the road. Okay. So they're going to give Denver a hard time in Denver. If they can steal a game there, then, oh, I love this play, man. This made on, here's the clip. Here's a clip of LeBron complaining. One of the after worst this, non-calls this in the history of the NBA. Whenever this was, looks like it's three months ago, which date? January 28th. Okay, here we go. Yeah, one of the worst non-calls ever. James comes up top. It's tied, gets it. 105. James on the drive, gets in the paint. Layup, LeBron goes up the layup. <laughs> and the game is over. Lakers furious. They thought he was fouled. No, Lakers are not furious. LeBron is like crying on the floor. He can't believe it. Sorry, LeBron. LeBron For once in your so life, upset. a call went the other way. It's so sad. Regulation so sad. Oh, we got to see. Where's the replay? Here it is. It was oh, a yeah. huge foul. Tatum slaps his arm. Like, it's a foul. Here's where Fully stops the, the, the layup from going in. Yes, with a massive pack. After a successful challenge. Watch, right, right but they wouldn't Boom. be able to challenge that <laughs> anyway because it's a non-call. But, again. Hold on. Let's see. Where's the replay of the freakout? Purpose oh, no, in our there, game. Overtime is next. <laughs> nobody else is freaking out. It's just him. Nobody else cares. Oh, man. But I could picture that being shown like a million times. The mm-hmm. comments that were made after about the officials were pretty nasty. That would be mm-hmm. shown again. And and I think the, the atmosphere of, of Celtics and Lakers, I'm not saying the referees decide games all the time in the NBA, mm-hmm. but they certainly mm-hmm. lean a certain way. And, and you know, mm-hmm. I watched that whole – it's interesting. I watched that whole documentary on, um, you know, like cheating in sports, players who've accepted mm-hmm. money, and, and, and they had a Tim Donahue uh, segment. And I actually yeah. hadn't understood – I did not know how Tim Donahue actually – was operating. I thought he was just mm-hmm. like, you know, he was told, Hey, do this, make sure they win by six and make it happen. Yeah. But that's not what was happening. Right. It was kind of no. a whole different story. Yeah. And, learning more about it. You yeah. know, he, he says many times that there's so many refs that are involved in that kind of stuff and whatever. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I don't want to get into that, but um, I do feel like they can manipulate series, uh, you know, and that maybe the NBA, that documentary convinced me the NBA is involved in some weird stuff when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no way in my mind that the NBA will miss on having a Lakers Celtics twice. Okay. They missed on it in the bubble, which is a complete <laughs> disaster. Yeah. They are not going to miss now that these crowds are back that the mm-hmm. atmosphere in that game, you just saw it in that video was mm-hmm. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to go seven games between these two teams, the yeah. historic Lakers versus Celtics, the world would explode. If it's oh, yeah. Nuggets and Heat, the NBA will fucking lose their shit. Okay. Oh yeah, it's just like I think Kobe. <laughs> Nobody Kobe, wants I think it. I think I think the Kobe Lakers and like the super team Celtics faced each other two years in a row, right? And traded titles. And yes. I think that that was like such a prime time for the NBA, especially like, and that was also at That's the right. end point of a lot of that generation's players. Right. Yeah. So I think with this, you got the same thing. It's like old ass LeBron going for one more. But then this time, it's not old players on the Celtics. It's the young up and comers passing in the torch. NBA loves that. Compare that to Denver Nuggets against Miami Heat. 
<laughs> no, <laughs> no chance. Man. Although I will say I do want the Lakers for one reason and one reason only. I can't wait. And it's terrible to say. I cannot wait for the next Anthony Davis injury. Okay, <laughs> like it's always the uh, end of the yeah. world, and then he's always yeah. back. Like, all right, yeah. I'm good. Right, like, but man, yes, like there, there'll be drama. I already know this. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. the Boston mm-hmm. crowd is out of control as always. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Lakers uh, look like world beaters right now. Yeah. Um, and I think, like I said, I think the Celtics, the fact that they probably should have lost both series at this point or could have lost both series, may be building them into a stronger contender in the sense that they've they faced all the adversity now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the mm-hmm. Heat, I feel, are going to extinguish at some point. They have a good team, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I think it's coming. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. That's my prediction. Mm-hmm. What's your prediction, mm-hmm. LG? Same thing? Oh, man, there's what I want. I would like, actually, I really, really would love, like, Denver Heat. Uh, final uh, just because I, I love I love underdogs and I love things going the opposite way and you know I, I think that'd be good but yeah for ratings like there'd be nothing than there'd be nothing better rating wise and excitement wise than, than LeBron against the Celtics in, in June yeah. going for probably his last championship he's tied with Steph for rings you know he wants to win one more and get up there with Kobe and maybe try for one later to get up there with MJ but I think that this is this is going to be his last really really good shot so i think that that's it's 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 very important it'll be important to the nba but again you're saying that they look dominant in the warriors series i don't think so i think if anything the war yes like lebron and lakers look good they got what you need from every championship team which is contributions from absolute nobodies right like lonnie walker uh <laughs> and austin reeves who's suddenly like an like an absolutely incredible player very similar to tyler hero uh back that's in right. the the bubble yes. but um I will also say that I think the Warriors gave away a lot of games in that series. Oh, like you had Steph and Clay and Poole and everybody like launching bomb threes in the last couple minutes, all of them clanking off the rim. Clay was like, that awful. Was, dude. That Clay was terrible. So I see that more. And again, you know, I, again, it's not the Lakers were bad, but I see that more as like the Warriors just didn't, just were not the team everybody thought they were kind of thing. So I think the part where it's like, hey, the Lakers took down the Warriors, like is, has less weight to me um, than it did if, 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 if that, this had happened in the prime Warrior years. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I'd say that the, the if anything, it just made the Warriors look old and tired uh, and in need of change and, and whatever that is. Phil, let's take a quick look at um, our our redemptions. OK, let's take a quick look here. My calls the last two weeks have been terrible. So I called Kevin Durant last week, which was a total mistake. I bought five of them. Uh, now they're all worth like one third of the price. So that's way down. And I, I also friend callers and sense bought like nine of them or something. You bought a bunch of, and everybody in our discord bought Jalen Brunson's the other night. I was like, you never know the Knicks could come back or at least win game six. Also a huge mistake. Uh, but right now, again, like we you know, go. Butler, Here Butler we was go. the best call that we had through the entire playoffs when he was $3. Now he's up to 19. Like he's up again. And Tatum is literally almost three times the price or two, two and a half times the price. If the heat take game one on the road, Phil, does this Jimmy Butler, and he looks incredible. It's a Jimmy Butler 19 bucks go like pop up at all. Cause Tatum, Tatum definitely dipped the other night. But after game five, Tatum he went did. down to like $20 after game five. And it was like, this series is over. They're going back to Philly. The Sixers are going to break through. He dipped to 20. And now he bounced back. Um, so I see that. I see out of all these prices, I would say that Butler to me is the, is, is the best bet for a come up, but you know, losing game one in, in game two in Boston. And, and that, that, that it'll go gone. down. It'll it's go gone. Way down. 
which is so, actually, I would say that that's actually the best opportunity is if they drop game one and that, that that's one right. dips, that's, that's right. a, not a bad one. Yeah. That's the, that that's the game you have to play. So it's kind of like betting on the games. Are you, yeah. you know, what are you predicting? Are you predicting yeah. the heat to take one of two, yeah. but which game are you predicting to take? If you think they're going to lose game one, then just wait. If you think they're going to lose mm-hmm. both games then wait, right? Mm-hmm. If you think they can take day one or game one, then you're taking a big chance. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I don't know. Is Jimmy like, will he go up that much is my question. You know, will will one game really influence the series that much? Or I don't people's, know. People's thinking yeah. that much? I don't think so. I don't think that even then, I don't think that people think the Heat could win the NBA Finals at the same time, right? No, um, it, se- it seems yeah. unbelievable that the Heat would win this year, right? Like, mm-hmm. it seems incredibly unlikely, like, led by Butler, Lowry, Max Struess, like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know like, that's not, just, it's not highly likely, but anything is possible. Just feels what's, like you're what's saying. What's the price the for Anthony Davis it. right now? Because I used to have him, and I'm like, uh, let me just unload this guy while I can still get something for him. Let's take a I think look. I unloaded so AD. Him. So the unused redemption is twenty dollars. Okay. Doesn't change right that now. much. And we're still in the window now. We're like the so for just to catch everybody up, we're like the round two redemptions are open right now for half mm-hmm. the teams. Mm-hmm. So that's going to add the other dynamic to the market is that you're going to have the round one redemptions, round two redemptions. So I would actually look that some of those might fluctuate um as 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 these series go on because again to get that final like super highlight moment you're going to need round one two three four and and an unused redemption from all the players so that's actually where i'm most interested in to see is to see some of those fluctuations from from all the players as it goes on i agree we'll see what happens i think i mean yeah, look at that Tyrese Maxey down to four bucks now. And- yeah, all the all that, and this is but this is what I love is that is that you need winners and losers. So every other team that's not in it that's gone now, get out of here. Like Kevin Durant moment down to four dollars. Like <laughs> nope, it's over. Who cares? I will say the floor though for 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 teams that are out is yeah. is like around three bucks. It was yeah, it, it's yeah. gone up from two. It was two for a long time, but you could barely get anything for two. And I collected a ton of them at two bucks, but I I haven't been able to find anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, under three dollars for a long time mm-hmm. so we'll see mm-hmm. how that plays out if people decide to collect the set without redeeming them you know what i mean like who knows mm-hmm. we'll see what happens um but certainly if you're doing so that, yeah, it, yeah. Bam, and just to bam, take bam. a broader look at the market wow. so like the bottom all the bottom moments of the remaining four teams are all the heat moments first round and and redemption moments um and then you've got like the rest of the floor is like michael porter jr it's at 18 uh his round one lakers wild card at 19 so yeah you're right phil that i think that guys like anthony davis and that unused wild card Mm -hmm. i think that those could be good bets as well if you really believe the laker fix is in and that they're going to win uh that i would definitely (laughs) see those having a bit of a come up um because they are going to be in high demand every single one's only limited to five thousand, right so you'll see you'll see some really interesting dynamics i think play out over the next two rounds now that there's only a few moments and and four teams to focus on so it won't be too bad. Phil, do you want to chat at all about uh now we're now we're into the top shot about last week's major trend of yet another funeral for NBA Top Shot Listen, led by yeah. Mike Zakarian's stream, literally titled NBA Top Shot is Dead, that lasted about two hours. And I will say, Phil, I was watching most of that stream, and many people were calling for you to show up in the chat. Mm-hmm. And and he at, to a point where even at one point Mike from Team Hold said. He, he would he was wrapping up the chat and he's like I will stay on if Phil D shows up in the chat <laughs> and and you and you did not appear do you have a it, take at all on that and this is all stems for anybody who doesn't know this all stems from last week top shot was doing a premium pack drop and a, a legendary drop both of which failed to sell out initially usually these things are 
hot off the press. They vanish immediately. Uh, but for anybody who wanted legendary packs, you were able to get back in the queue many, many times and buy as many as you wanted, which is, uh, I think a lot of people saw as the demand has significantly dropped off oh, yeah. for Top Shot. Phil, you were absent that day. Your hot take on that. That's hold on. Are you leaving something out? Is that what really happened? Because I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I was on the road that day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and for anyone who knows, our Canadian phones do not work in the U.S. unless you pay a daily fee of like yes. 15 bucks. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So unless you want to be like for me paying 15 bucks just to go from the border to the hotel when I can just wait for the Wi-Fi, it's not worth it. All right. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I, 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 we have plenty of phones in our car. Maybe we'll leave one on. Maybe we won't. So I turned my Wi-Fi off. I put in airplane mode and I put my GPS. I left it. I mm-hmm. put ways because I need to see where the cops are and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I let it run. So when I turned it back on a good five or six hours later, my phone was blown up. And I did see the callouts, but like All when I said, oh, you. and I asked you, I'm like, oh, shit, is that mm-hmm. still going on? You're like, dude, that was like hours ago. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I missed the whole thing. But wasn't there a scandal where some one account bought like yes, hundreds of packs or something? So there's one account that this account had only ever made like one purchase ever a year ago, January 22, 2022. They bought like a pack and that's it. And they showed up on that day. And spent thirty, like I think forty thousand dollars on packs. Come on. and the, obviously knowing our community and how things have gone, the immediate assumption is that it was Dapper Labs employees using like some kind of burner account just to Absolutely. buy, just to make it look like there was demand and forcing the sellout. <laughs> and that nobody's been able to answer it. Everyone's hounding Top Shot, being like, "What's the deal with this fake account?" <laughs> nobody's proven that it's fake. There's no way to prove that. And obviously, people's identities are protected people trying to find out who that is but that is the rumor that that was happening uh, creating artificial demand uh, but were the packs open has the person opened yes the pack? yes the packs they were open. did yes yes and yes have they, they sold, sold stuff it. uh i don't know actually that's a that's oh, a great question wow. let me find that i don't think i don't think they sold I, anything but i thought this is what the scandal was at. over i didn't realize the stream was because packs weren't selling i thought it was because of the scandal that's what I thought. No, no, the stream okay. was not because of the scandal like happened after. The, the stream happened, Mike's stream happened because things were not but, selling at all. But how many Top Shot is Dead streams or funerals can we do? Because if we're still <laughs> doing streams called Top Shot yeah. is Dead, is that not giving, yeah. I mean, it's not dead if you're still doing streams about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it still yeah, has totally. your entry. Okay, here but we yeah, go. That, here's, here's Mike's tweet from Team Hold. Whoever purchased 60 legendary packs today, if you're willing to come on stream, I'll give you my entire NBA Top Shot account. <laughs> and nobody so, was able to figure out who that was. No, like nobody has slew. figured out who There's that not is. enough slews out there anymore. That, that game no, yeah, like, we need Taylor no. Stein to get back on. Yeah, no, he does, he's long like gone. To come, and, no. come and figure that out because no. we really need, we really need uh, somebody to, to get to the bottom of this. So that, that was mean, the controversy. Yeah, we wrote about it in the newsletter. I wrote about it in the newsletter, and just to kind of reemphasize that point, like whatever, I don't, I don't care about this, you know, burner account. But I just right. think that, you know, overall, I think that Mike's stream was largely motivated by the fact that nobody wanted these packs, that nobody right. needed more legendaries and metallic golds or any of that kind of stuff in the ecosystem. From that, plus, I think like a rookie legendary drop that Top Shot's supposed to do this week that they womp, were supposed womp. to do last week, or they pushed it to this week. They're they're set to pull in like another two and a half million uh of of pack revenue and i actually then did some digging and went back to the roham ama from last week and or from from uh, the first last week of year. march which you and i uh no from the first week of march that the was text that in AMA. march was that really it was in march, march. it was march 3rd from the text ama that you and i covered 
Um, and I basically looked at, you know, I reviewed the AMA to see what he had said about selling too many packs and too much supply. And to my surprise, I didn't even go looking for this. He, uh, he said that they were going to really think about the, the total pack supply here. Let me pull up the tweet. And I tweeted about this and I think, I think people got a kick out of it. So he said, with the new restructuring, because that was after Top Shot had, had let a, lot, a bunch of people go, NBA Top Shot is not under pressure to create revenue in a way that's not healthy or sustainable. And that since then, Top Shot has brought in more revenue on pack sales than they did for the entire NBA season prior to that. So in 70 days, Top Shot has brought in $6 million of pack sales, including the drops last oh week. God. Whereas the previous 130 days, they only brought in $5 million. So after saying that they're not under pressure to create oh. revenue, they went and doubled the revenue in half as much time on the platform <laughs> while the community and the content creators and everybody is screaming, please don't release more supply and they've gone and done it anyway. So I think that that's kind of like the most recent controversy. Obviously, now it's Monday and people have kind of forgotten about it. But I do Notice. think if they do release this final legendary rookies pack, which nobody needs, like you don't need to prop them up. Every rookie has a 4,000 mint count of their rookie moment. And I think that that's like really great and it's good on its own. Um, if they do release this, then, you know, you'll probably have, we'll probably be singing the same story very shortly after it happens. LG, we are still 31 spotlight moments away from that set being done. Okay. So <laughs> I'm sorry that, you chose that set. We're I feel down so to bad that you chose teams that here, set. Okay? We're down to four teams <laughs> here, and we're 31 moments away from the spotlight oh. set being done. I don't know what's going to happen. I do love the freebies that they're doing in the challenges. Like they're, they're just – you don't even have to do anything. If you own the spotlight set or even half of yeah. it, every single challenge you you've already them. completed, yeah. you get a free yeah. moment, and you can either just dump it or do whatever you want with it. Oh, I'm sorry. You I have no clue how they were going to roll this. Well, we'll see. I mean, I don't, again, it's, we're, we're singing the same song, so I don't want to spend too much time doing on it. But it is it is a tough time. This is the time. This is the time where like interest in the NBA winds down. Totally. There's the drama of the of the oh, final yeah. four and then the, the, the finals. But it's like at the same time, it's like, holy shit, do you not care about a freaking uh well, i guess bruce brown's still in it but like i don't know, name any like a precious achua moment from a game in january man does that not matter at all even the scotty barnes one i was May. like dude yeah like i, I like all care. the raptor I, I, stuff but i don't care, i'm not man. thinking they, about scotty barnes right now like, i don't care about I'm, I'm interested in scotty barnes in like october where it's like all right it's third season let's go you know but it's like man do i not care about scotty barnes at all right now even as a raptors fan uh you know so anyways uh Okay, Phil, let's move on because we actually have some special guests waiting Ooh. in the wings. Wow. Okay, and I'm going to tell you right now that I know practically nothing about the project that they are here to discuss, uh, but that they, um, or at least one of them, I don't, I don't even know who else is joining, but one of them was in a movie that many people listening to this, if not all of them, know incredibly well. I'm not going to reveal anything else. I'm just going to get straight to the guests and i only know one of them's name okay so that i'm just going to do and we have our applause thing so please and we haven't had a guest in a really long time so when it's been <laughs> you and i so please welcome to the first mint uh victor dimatia or dimasha he'll have to tell me how to do it but also i'll say victor dimatia because that sounds like the, the most interesting way to say it and then then he can try and say our last names and we'll have a good time <laughs> Hello. Wow. Thank you for the applause. That was great. Dude, how do you say your last name? Just just before uh, I say Dematia. Dematia is Dematia. probably more accurate, like, but I say Dematia. 
Demadia. Demadia. Mm-hmm. Very, that makes a lot of sense. It sounds very baseball. Demadia. And, and then I'm joined by my castmate from the film, Grant Gelt. Ooh, hello, Grant. Uh, so uh, maybe I should introduce myself. I'm Victor Demadia. Yeah. I played uh, Timmy Timmons in the movie The Sandlot. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I told Phil dun, knew. Dun, dun. Phil knew about it. I, he already knew, but the audience <laughs> okay. didn't know. That nobody you else shouldn't have told me, LG. That would have been yeah. <laughs> I should have just been like, hey, here's here's some people you don't know. Uh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, uh, Grant, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hey, what's up? I'm Grant Kelton. I was Bertram Grover Weeks uh, in the Sandlot. Wow. Nice. So you got two nice. of us today. Yeah. Wow. I Phil, told Phil. I told my 13-year-old daughter, so listen, I'm doing a recording like we do every week, but this is a special one. We're going to have at least one of the characters from the movie The Sandlot, which she's 13. And when you think of when the movie came out, it's quite incredible that a 13-year-old has watched it like 20 times and knows all about it. <laughs> she knows everything about the movie. And she's like, You're joking. She's like, not not the real ones that were in the movie. She's like, I'm like, no, no, the real ones. I just don't know who. So I said, well, who do you think it will be? And I don't know if you guys get this all the time, but she's like, is it Squints? I'm like, <laughs> so I don't know if he's the most popular with the new generation, if that's who comes up first every time. <laughs> um, but no, she was absolutely amazed. I told her she's going to have to watch if she wants to see who comes on. And I know she'll definitely be watching this episode. And I'm actually not going to tell her. I'll let her go through the entire episode and see that you guys are on. And she will absolutely love it. She just couldn't believe it. She's stunned right now that we're going to have uh, – at least one character. And I didn't know we'd have two from the Sandlot. Mm-hmm. So welcome guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's awesome to have you guys here. Thank you very much. It's really great to be here. Yeah. What, what, what is, can I just ask you, cause we're going to talk about, you guys have a, a project, the 30th anniversary mm-hmm. of the Sandlot, which we actually tweeted about a few times um, last month when it happened. Uh, so you guys have some NFTs out. So we're going to talk about that. And, and you chose a very good podcast to come on because we are an NFT sports podcast. Uh, but I, I'm sure a lot of people want us to ask you questions about what it's like to be stars from the Sandlot from 30 years ago. What is day-to-day life like being somebody who's honestly in such a, not just like a famous movie, like something that's so cherished, right? Because I think a lot of people, if you guys are able to take yourselves out of it, like really, especially people around our age, like really Mm -hmm. see that as such a huge part of their childhood. That was in the era of like so many movies featuring kids uh, that were wholesome, but also kind of like funny and, and and weird and gross at times that were coming out. You know, I remember so many films like that. And amongst all of those movies that that one is like stands up there, like pretty high, maybe above the rest, but up there with like, I don't know, Mighty Ducks or whatever else. Right. Um, how does that is that is that something that impacts you guys every day? Do people ask you every day or is this something that only comes up, comes along once in a while or any other stories you can share from from what that's like today? Um, yeah, it is, I mean, it's pretty incredible that 30 years later, uh, people are still so into the movie and you got 13 year olds that are watching it and can quote all the lines. Uh, everybody loves squints the most, of course. Um, that's crazy, but, uh, I love squints. He's great. Um, no, I mean, the movie's still a huge part of our lives. Um, we see all the guys all the time. We have a group text. We text each other almost every day. Wow. Um, and we do a lot of uh, appearances. We do a lot of like mm-hmm. uh, comic cons and trading card shows and um, all sorts of stuff. So we're, mm-hmm. we, we do appearances, movie screenings and stuff like that all the time. So um, it's it's pretty incredible. Uh, it's really mm-hmm. a blessing to be part of something like that. How did you did you guys like did you guys audition for the parts you got or like was the audition like, hey, like. 1950s baseball boys like what what was that part like 
you know, I want to know. I want to know how people end up being like child stars. Or like was it just mom and mom or dad saying, hey, you're going to this audition? And <laughs> yeah, or did mom or dad know the director and they're like, all right, just put my kid in the movie? Like, I don't know. I don't know. How does how does it how do you end up in a movie like that when you're like 10? You know? A little bit of all of that, really. So, yeah. you know, David Mickey Evans, the writer and director, had a very specific vision for who these kids needed to be and it was more than just more than just the words on the page it was how this group of people really interacted together so it was a big studio film so there was an international casting call for it they looked at kids from all over the world for these nine roles and were mixing and matching originally when i went in to read for the first time i read, went in to read for scotty smalls and i went in had one audition wow and did not hear a peep for four months and then got a phone call and said, Hey, they've cast the film. There's one role left. They need come in and read. And three days later, I was on a plane to go to Salt Lake city to film. So, and at that point, by the time I read the other guys were all picked and it really Mm. came down to, is this the right group who mixes and who matches and uh, much like a lineup, they made some last minute changes, uh, Mm. you know, uh, right before the game. And uh, that's how we all ended up together. Yeah. But, you know, the cast is from all over the country. Uh, so it's nice to be able to still have this between us that, you know, really keeps us all together. Yeah. I think we all read for Smalls because he had the most lines. So they just brought everybody in. They go <laughs> right. read for Smalls just to get a sense of who you were. But then, yeah, they kind of like put us with different groups of kids and saw, you know, what the best kind of chemistry mm-hmm. was and, made sure we could play baseball and all that. And um, it was a long process. Hmm. How, how hmm. did they make sure you could play baseball? Would they just toss you a ball and see if you can hit it? <laughs> they it took us out onto a baseball field. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, so, so someone who may have been really good at reading the lines and fit the exact role, but couldn't do anything baseball related was not picked. That's crazy. Or they had to make some real big decisions on it. Oh, yeah. to, you know, if, if it was worth it. But yeah. The first two weeks of, <laughs> production was more or less our spring training when we went out to salt lake it was rehearsals every day blocking we were on the field running drills we had a a coach he was a former minor leaguer he was actually he ended up playing the role of uh grandpa squidman paladoris in the beast flashback he was the police officer forever yeah of course yeah yeah. Um, oh man i bet you can't find that anywhere on the internet yeah (laughs) not not a single spot (laughs) wow yeah so it was it was pretty neat you know we kind of felt like Hmm. big leaguers to a certain extent because we were out there and you're turn two turn two turn two it was pretty red wow Really I saw cool. something the other day that like Charlie Sheen for major league, like actually developed an 85 mile an hour fastball. Like, and at the time that like major league fastballs at the time were only like 89 or something like that. So that he was pretty close, but also that Wesley Snipes like could not play baseball at all. <laughs> so they cheat. Like you, if you look, if you watch the movie again, Wesley Snipes, like literally never actually hits the ball or catches it. He's always just kind of there, which is funny. Cause then they put him in the fan as well, where he plays like basically a Barry Bonds like character. Right. Uh, but it's like the same thing where he like never actually does a baseball play. Cause he's so bad. Uh, so I find I find those stories really interesting. You guys are saying that it's like um, you actually had like a baseball tryout as part of it yeah. as well. And, awesome. you know, Scotty Smalls, who was supposed to be the worst one in the bunch, 
Mm. Tom could actually play baseball, so he had to unlearn <laughs> a bunch of skills in the beginning too. And he was terrified that his, when his coach was going to see the film, because he was like, "I didn't teach you how to do that, man. Like you know how to throw a baseball." So it was pretty funny. That's what he said. Yeah, he said his coach called him after he saw the movie, and he was like, "You ruined me. Like, what did you do?" <laughs> I'm the coach of the kid who doesn't understand anything yeah, right. about baseball. It's like, oh, that's not a good endorsement. Right on. Well, like guys, let's talk That's about cool, the project. Uh, I'm going to pull mm -hmm. it up here uh, and we'd love to hear a little bit more about it. I will say as well, like, you know, we, we covered the, the industry quite a lot and I, I've been advocating for a long time that like film releases are a really great spot for NFTs, right? That that's a great way for people to add to their experience. Um, and I love that you guys are doing something commemorative, right? Because it's all about those little, those little mementos um, and offering something, you know, really fun to super fans. So, so tell us a little bit more about the, the 30th anniversary uh, Sandlot collectibles. Yeah, well, we um, we teamed up with uh, Ken Carl, who's a really, really amazing uh, artist. He does um, hand-drawn uh, cards, uh, all one-of-ones. They're just amazing. Some of them are just like mm. almost photorealistic. Mm -hmm. um, so we, um, we commissioned him. We gave him a bunch of our own photos from uh, behind the scenes and asked him to put a set together for us. So, um, the set is, uh, you know, we got seven different rarity levels. Uh, it's all, you know, in packs. So, you know, you rip your packs and, uh, there's the base level. We got, you know, uh, five different backgrounds, uh, on the base level. Mm -hmm. Uh, then we got like animated cards where it fills in the, you know, starts out as a black and white and it fills it in. There you go. I love the animated oh, cool. cards. Cool. Uh, we got the refractor cards, we got hologram mm -hmm. cards, um, and then we have some uh, physical redeemables as well. So there's mm -hmm. a golden pack in there. If you pull the golden pack, then you'll be able to redeem that for an actual physical pack of the cards. Hmm. Um, and then we also have some uh, one of ones in there. Uh, there are 18 one of ones, and if you pull one of those, then you're going to get a handmade card uh, from Ken Carl. So hmm, eight, uh, nine of them are uh, refractors, one for each each cast member, mm -hmm. and nine are the like actual hand drawn uh, original cards. Hmm. Very cool. Who did you get? Love did the you guys? Did you guys design like this like program? Like, did you guys come up with like the dynamic of it of like seven different backgrounds and like the one of ones? Did you guys? Did you guys work with somebody on that? How did that come about? Victor and I put the whole collection together. This is the Shit. second drop that we've done um, on Lax with the Boys of Summer mm. property. Mm. So we did a series one drop back in early 2021, I believe. Mm. Um, when we So we created that entire collection from our original behind the scenes photos. So we took photos mm. that Victor's dad had taken on set that... Uh, bunch of our families had taken and turned those into digital cards with signature editions and foils and we just wanted to have some fun with it uh it, it's rare to be in a position where you can take your own photos from basically when you were in summer camp and turn them into these collectibles <laughs> you know uh so we really fell in love with the whole thing so uh we spent the last two years really putting this collection together and and now being able to really leverage a lot of the more utility that uh these drops have to offer. Now we're able to do crafting challenges and redemption challenges and set completions and stuff like that. We're just getting ready to announce 
um, the set completions as well. Uh, as another yeah, piece actually, we, we can give it to you guys as an exclusive if you want. We haven't oh. announced it yet. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, we got a, a first minute exclusive here. Yeah. So, hey. gonna, uh, <laughs> um, so the, uh, you know, all the, the tokens, the redemption tokens um, are going to be all dropped on uh, August 26, 12 p.m. Mm-hmm. Pacific. Uh, that's when the tokens will go out for you to be able to burn for your redeemables. So anybody on that date and time that's got the uh, the full set is going to be able to uh, get a token that they'll be able to redeem for an autographed eight by ten with uh, members of the cast. Ooh, fuck, nice, nice. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty. I like. I like. You guys are really like thought about this, mm-hmm. um, and it seems like really centric to like what people can do. Do you guys have a? You guys have a Discord where people mm-hmm. can follow along. We just launched that. Uh, you just launched, launched it. In, okay. Yeah, we launched it in tandem with this new collection. You know, Victor okay. and I, we're fans of the space. We participate mm. in a lot of collections, and uh, we've really fallen in love with the space and believe in the future mm. of what it's going to be. Uh, so, you know, we as uh, collection creators now are going to go through the same <laughs> ups and downs that other other creators are going and going, okay, well, we got to get a Discord out there and we really need to create a place where people can talk to us. And then we thought, well, all these years of Sandlot being out there, there's never really been a centralized place for fans to come and mm-hmm. share their own fan art and share their moments about film and meeting us and all that stuff. So our goal over time is really to turn that Discord into really sort of a fan-facing area where we're mm-hmm. going to run it and mod it to the best that we can, but have it be a place where everybody can come and just kind of hang out and we'll do as much as we can uh, in there over time. Now you guys say that you're, you you guys are in a chat with all your, your former castmates. Are they all in on this as well? And what do they think of this? If they're not like, what's, what's their, what's their views on, on, on NFTs and, 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 you know, getting the whole community in the discord and all that. Cause I know a lot of people I talk to, they're like, what's discord. Right. So I would assume that a lot of the heavy, you know, hardcore fan base of the Sandlot is like, man, I don't even know what Discord is, and I don't want to know, and I don't want to know what NFTs are. Uh, so, two part question there, but yeah, what what are what are, what, are the, what are the other guys' thoughts since you guys still talk to each other and all that, and are they involved in this? Yeah, um, so the other guys are involved involved a little bit. You know, we incorporate them as much as we can. I mean, Grant and I are really kind of the guys that are deep into the NFT space, and nice have been involved in it for a long time. Um, so we're the ones that are in there and in discord every day talking to people. Um, but we got some surprises lined up and we're kind of integrating the guys as much as we can trying to get them comfortable with it and, and the fans as well, trying to get them comfortable with the space. Um, you know, that's a big part of, of what we're doing. A big part of what we did with the first series was kind of, you know, thinking of ourselves as ambassadors for for the mm-hmm. whole NFT space and, and the discord community now, um, you know, getting people that, that maybe wouldn't have otherwise mm-hmm. uh, taken an interest, trying to get them involved and, and kind of show people what's so cool about it and why you should be part of it. Dude, you guys, if you guys, if, 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 if this keeps going well, I think what you guys should do as a request from me is to go buy the rights to NFTs for all the other, like movies that people love from their childhood and just become like a studio that just cranks them out. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Sandlot's fantastic. And then it's like, I'm sure there's a lot of other good movies that like people want to like own some, some kind of memento from like back then, you know? So I feel like that, that could be a lot of fun. And, you know, see if you guys, if you guys are the masterminds behind this, maybe that could be something you could do. 
Will you go on Shark Tank with us and help us with that pitch? Shark Tank? You think it's a Shark Tank idea? No, but with the empowerment. No, it's, well, it, well, it's funny that you actually bring that up, you know, because in the foundation of when Vic and I first started talking about this a while back, that was really sort of part of the initial ideas was, you know, we're, it's not just us that comes from this generation where we have assets to these assets from back then, but we have this circle and community of really nostalgic driven properties and we all grew up together so you know we're Mm -hmm. friends with the ducks and the little giants and we see everybody Mm -hmm. at these conventions and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so that's one of the great things about the web3 space is if Mm -hmm. you know what you're doing or you have the time and the curiosity to dig in you can really start to create your own direct to consumer sort of relationship with your own stuff without having to take on all of the risks that comes with a traditional collectibles marketplace and be able to sort of bridge that gap really nicely between between the spaces it's a really cool uh really cool thing to continue to explore and it's something that we hope to be able to do uh we've got other things planned with this collection first mm. throughout the year um but i don't know maybe when uh hockey season gets into swing next year uh, maybe Whoa. maybe we expand oh quack nice. quack quack <laughs> <laughs> because There's you do have two... a fellow cast member that was in both yeah right we so... got it yeah brandon brandon that's was right. in both yeah that's yep. right yeah he was in both yeah that's right uh phil yeah. do you have any uh any 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 games you want to play with the guys i here? do but first i really have to ask the guys though where did your nft journey begin I always I love to ask people this because ninety five percent of the time when we ask people this, it's always NBA Top Shot in some way, shape, or form. Um, but then you always have like you know different answers, and I'm always really interested to kind of hear where it started for you guys and actually when it started because a lot of people were there super early, like LG was, and then you have those who came in when the hype really took off. Um, they were actually showing it was like Jake Paul. They were showing again today that NFT that he bought for like six hundred seventy five k that is worth ten dollars today. And it just reminded me of like, yeah, back then that was like, man, that's cheap. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants and that'll be worth something forever. So where did that journey start for you guys in in the NFT space? Well, um, I mean, it was late 2020, I think, early 2021 that we kind of, you know, right when some of that stuff started happening with the... Mm -hmm you know, the Jake Paul thing and the, and then NBA top shot started coming out. Um, and the apes and yeah, all that. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. It was like early, early 2021. I think when we first just started becoming aware of it, like uh, peripherally and, and I think Grant called me up and he said, have you heard of NFTs? And I was like, kind <laughs> of, yeah, but let me like look into it a little bit. And, you know, we had been talking for a while about, finding a cool way to put something out for the fans that we had some control over because you see all the shirts and the everything everywhere with all the Sandlot stuff. And like, we didn't have any control over that. Like some of it's cool. And some of it's like not that cool. And we like really wanted to do something that we could curate and like be in control of mm-hmm. uh, to put out there for the fans. And and so when we started looking into what this whole weird NFT thing was, we were like, dude, this is a really cool way for creators to like have full control over what they do. Um, so we started dabbling in it a little bit. I think, I think my first, 
NFT was uh, a Leonard Nimoy pack. Um, which was that was fun. Was was it on wax or what what, what was that? Yeah, because they had they had like an illegal like Star Trek collection on wax for a long time that like I don't think was illegal at all, right? No, it was Shatner did it and Nimoy really. That's yeah, that was was legit. Yeah, first started looking into wax because Ah, you know, I think the article that I had sent Vic prior was around the time that Kings of Leon had announced that they were doing that NFT backed record and. We've been in the industry for a long time, and I thought, well, that's a really cool new way of doing a D2C program. And, you know, looking back at it, it was so early before all the utility and and all that kind of stuff that I was like, well, shit, this is a cool road to start going down to bridge that gap between physical and digital and, and create true ownership. So then when we were looking into it more through the boys of summer, lens we're like well we need to really hone in in an area that our fans and our audience will be able to understand it because it was very much you need an engineering degree to figure out how to get a wallet and how to buy and how to get this and that so we had started seeing a lot of uh ip-based collections going mm-hmm. over to wax so when tops went over there and hot wheels and funko and ninja turtles and street fighter and those really early days of those cards that's when we were like oh this is probably going to be the best place Mm. for us to get an entry point into the space and we were aggressive you know we worked in with some partners to help us you know to develop some tech that allowed you know transactions to happen in credit cards versus crypto so you know it was really a big mission for us to figure out how to break down those walls for consumers to be able to interact because like Vic said earlier, so many of our, our fans are traditional collectors. Mm-hmm. We're the blockbuster generation and the red box generation, oh, right? Man. And and baseball cards. And you go to all these trading card conventions and it's physical cards still. And you know, that's what got us connected with Ken Carl because he would go there and make these beautiful cards that people wanted. So we're gonna keep experimenting and figuring out what's going to work you know because we are so excited to open up what we want to do to a new audience but we're really excited to be able to help cultivate a new generation of physical collectors into this space to go okay cool the digital and physical relationship can really be truly unified in a way that it's never been before and using the utility behind it Hmm. awesome that's pretty that's that's that seems intelligent so it's pretty good. <laughs> Seems like you 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 thought about it a lot. No, I'm, I'm saying that in the way that we get people to come on and I yeah. don't know, they're just like, this is a good thing and you should buy it. But you actually gave like a, a normal person explanation of why you're doing this and what. No, but I mean that in a good way. Like it's like you are, you sound like a collector just like everybody else and you're thinking about this in a way that like we want people to think about it. So yeah. well, I thank mean, you. I mean, I, mean that, I mean that as a positive grant. <laughs> no, that, that means a lot. Like it, like it yeah. really does because, you know, Victor and I we talk about this stuff all day long and mm-hmm. the the perception of what the collector fan base is means the most to us right if people look at what we're doing oh, these guys are full of shit uh it's gonna impact everything we may we don't know everything that's for sure and we're gonna get things right we're gonna get things wrong but you know two collections it's taken us two or three years to do it but 
we do have a vision and we do want to continue to share the roadmap and we are here. So the more support that we can get from the community will allow us to be here longer, but we have every intention of accelerating and not taking so long between these drops and really starting to bridge the gap differently so that there's more to talk about um, mm-hmm. than just like, Hey, buy this drop. That's cool. Awesome. Awesome. Now, Great. about well, 10 yeah. minutes ago, LG asked me if I had any games for you guys. And and like I do the best, I derail things completely. And we go in completely different directions. So I will circle back. But the reason I derailed it is because I had no idea that both of you were coming on. Okay. Um, I knew it was only one of you. But I, again, I wasn't sure what was going on. And I, I had absolutely no idea that you guys still all talk to your former castmates. So I was going to ask you questions about your former castmates and, you know, come up with some really wild stuff, but I assume, you know, most of it, uh, Greg, I'll throw this one at you first, uh, because I I do want, I need to know about this. Um, but true or false, one of your former castmates acted in an independent film called get married or die. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say true because I know all of my castmates and if one of them hasn't been in a film called that, I'm sorely disappointed in every single one of them. <laughs> I'd be surprised. All right. True. Victor, do you have anything to say? Yeah, it's true. I can confirm it. I was there. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know if we should ask this, Vic, but what, what is that all about? Like, is that, is it appropriate to talk? I don't know. With that kind of title, you never know what it could be, right? That's why I'm asking. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was an interesting little indie film. It was, uh, I think it was Jason London or Jeremy London, one of the twins. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had a really short, uh, uh, cameo in there. Um, it's, uh, the, I, I, I showed up as a cop for a day, but it was a buddy of mine produced it and, uh, they needed somebody to come on and be a cop and just say like one line and, so they asked me if I would do it, and I said, "Sure, I've never been a cop before. Let me uh, let me pop in and do that real quick." So yeah, I, was... I love that that made it somewhere in the Sandlot like like message boards that you were in that when it was such a minimal role. I mm. love that that the it fans was, yeah, don't right. miss anything; like they just don't. Right? That's one of the actual. <laughs> that was like one of your in your bio on the site. It was listed that you acted in that. And I'm like, okay, well, you must have had a huge role in it. Now you're telling me you're just a cop in it. So. LG, like, do you have a visual on, yeah, on this? Like or? if you blink, I, 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 I don't, I don't have the clip, but I'm just looking at other films that Victor was in, and you were in Cool as Ice with Vanilla Ice. Phil, sorry yeah, if I'm reading the trivia way ahead. Am I getting? No, ahead you're not. That would have, that would have been actually cool to put in that bio, but it mentioned that movie specifically. Okay. I'm not sure why. What did so you do weird, in yeah. in the Vanilla Ice film, Vic? Uh, I was the. Um... The Cool as Ice. I mean, I'm sure you all remember that film very well. Um, but you know, uh, ice shows up, uh, with his motorcycle gang in this small town and falls in love with a girl from the town. And I play her little brother that like nice. instantly becomes obsessed with vanilla ice. Like I see him oh. he's so cool. And I just decide I like, I think I like try to cut my hair like him at one point in the movie. And, uh, yeah. That's, and then spoiler, I get kidnapped, trip, yeah. uh, and he, he has to come save me. Oh, so you're pretty prominent in that. Like, it's a pretty yeah. big role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get kidnapped. Shit. And what are you in Dennis the Menace? I was Dennis. You uh, you're Dennis the Menace. Like, um, which movie it was is that? It was that? probably not the one you're thinking of. Which version? Um, okay. <laughs> it, was, it was a Disney Channel movie. Uh, oh, okay, Dennis okay, the okay. Menace, Dinosaur Hunter. 
And um, <laughs> Dennis Dennis finds oh, a, uh, a dinosaur bone in his front yard. What? And um, pandemonium ensues. <laughs> Hold on, no, we got. We're watching the trailer. Hold on, I can't go on to the trivia. We need, we need, we need to see this immediately. Dinosaur hunter. Grant, would you have brought that one? If I bring this back, you've known this. We need NFTs of this. This is amazing. Maybe this will be the next collection. He makes grown men weep. Don't think he's in a very good mood today. Oh, women scream. She's hot. Prettier in real life. It's held together by specially designed pins. Like this one? Yes, just Dennis. And dinosaurs crumble. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, destroying the museum. Stay there and keep that flea bag mongrel on your side of the fence, too. (laughs) The world's wildest kid. He is always living up to his name. Yeah, it starts the lawnmower. Dennis the Menace. <laughs> and getting into trouble has never been more oh, fun. Man. He was only trying to help. All right, this, is a th- this is a three and a half minute long trailer. Live trailer. long trailer, yeah. <laughs> That's wow. a long ass trailer to sit through in the theater. Man, I love that. That's, That's like You're really good as like a, how, whatever you are, like four or something like that. Like that you're was super really, young. Yeah, I was really man. young. That was one of the very first things that I did. Dude, it's oh. awesome, man. You're pretty good. Even from the trailer, like you look look pretty good uh, as the little kid. Uh, so that's pretty good. I thought it was the yeah. there's a, there's a Dennis the Menace with like uh, Walter Matthau who plays Mr. Wilson. Yeah, uh, and uh, I, I think Christopher Lloyd is in that one too. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, so that's what I, I thought for. I think that's the one I've yeah, seen. Yeah, no, not that, that one. Era. That would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this seems pretty cool to me, man. That seems pretty sweet. Uh, right on. Okay, cool. Uh, that's that's all my questioning, Phil. You can continue with the trivia. No, that's good. That's that's actually better than trivia because, like I said, trivia was so based around former things that castmates are doing. I'm sure you guys know everything. Uh, I got maybe one or two more for you guys. So the movie came out in 1993 on an international scale, and in '93 there were movies like I believe The Fugitive came out that year. Uh, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, speaking of dinosaurs, came out that year. Mrs. Doubtfire came out that year. You could go on and on. Sleepless in Seattle came out that year. Um, true or false the movie cracked the top 50 um, money wise on the international um, box office that year Aladdin was another one that came out that year as well a big movie oh, wow. I'm going to say true top 50 on the international box international office? if we're counting all the money that came in uh, outside of the United States that year on movies, did the Sandlot crack the top fifty? Uh, not counting the United States, and I, I don't know if it counts Canada or not, but not okay. counting the United. Oh, no, if it's not counting the United States, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna say false. Okay, sorry, I worded that incorrectly. Yes, not counting the United States, just international countries considered international. I know they always throw Canada in there as well. Um, was the Sandlot the top fifty? So you're saying, Vic, you're saying false. I say false. It was not. Okay, Grant? I'll go true. The answer is it came in at number 50. <laughs> Wait, does that count? Is that a, is that a top 50 or is that top 50 or not? If it is top 50, 50, yes. Because when you give the top 50, 50, the 50th okay. is always listed. So, yes. Okay, it came in at, yeah. at number 50. And before Just even looking home. it up, I didn't think it did. So, that's that's what was number one. What was number one, Phil? Um, Jurassic Park. Had to be Jurassic Park, yeah. Oh, By yeah, a country course, mile. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah, yeah, of course. I crushed everybody. You were a very distant second. Like 48. <laughs> yes. 
Now, distance. do you, you guys, guys have you like guys get, super? You, you, yeah, sorry. Do you guys have ahead. super fans in like random countries, or is it mostly like North America? Because I know it's baseball. Again, I, I'd love to know who these people were that went. Yeah, or are you guys big in world? Japan? Like, if yeah. you go to Japan, are people like, oh shit, this is the Sandlot guys? Like, does that happen? We haven't been, but supposedly it is very big. Like any country where baseball is popular, yeah. the Sandlot's yeah. popular. Mm-hmm. Nice, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see a breakdown of this to see where that ranking comes in, what countries. It doesn't give it, but um, that would be yeah. pretty cool. Which, Japan, which country Europe. was the most popular? Where was it? Where was it the most popular mm-hmm. uh, out of everywhere in the world? I mean, that, that includes Canada, Phil. So I feel like a lot of that maybe came from here. But I think uh, so for know, sure. Yeah, so I know we had the yeah. tape, and you from mentioned us. Blockbuster yeah. and all that. We were yeah. definitely a blockbuster grabbing the sandlot over and oh, over. Yeah, absolutely. Over. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that was, was really the, the time that, that kept yeah. the film really going was those Friday night movie nights at home and being able to grab that tape and, and sit and watch it. Well, you'd watch movies you'd seen before. You know, like that's what you mm-hmm. would do. You'd go to Blockbuster and be like, oh, I'd love to watch this again because there was no other way to watch yeah. movies again unless it was yeah, randomly right. on TV. And your so parents would be like, like, are you sure you're actually yeah. doing this again? Like, seriously? And they get all yeah. mad and stuff and try something yeah. else. But no. <laughs> yeah, you read the same movie every weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we loved it. Um, like I said, a lot of the questions I'm sure you know, so I'm going to skip them. The last one is, Does do any of you have any idea who won the Little League World Series last year from what state? <laughs> LG, you can guess this one too because this is a hard one. Uh, I'm going to say Utah. It's going to be a wild my guess. Day. I figured that was going to be a trick question. Uh, actually, that would have been a good one. It, it's not Utah, but it would have been a good one if it was Utah, which I actually found out through all of this that it was the, the movie was filmed in Utah. LG, I don't know yeah. if you knew this, but I had no idea. Yeah. I know. I feel like I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Texas. Okay. LG, do you have a guess on? This I think. One? I think. I knowing Phil. So as you guys know, Phil and I are actually brothers. Like we're real brother, <laughs> real life brothers. Um, I I'm gonna say it's like a trick question. So it's something like either Hawaii or Puerto Rico. Like it's like a it's like a not like it's you know you wouldn't think Hawaii and Puerto Rico is not a state. So it's it's one of those two. All right. Well, I guess we've lived together long enough in our lives that you know me. We don't live. We haven't lived together in like twenty years. (laughs) Hey, well, that's half our lives. That's long enough, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, It it is a team from Hawaii that won the little league. Oh, was Hawaii? Okay, it was Hawaii. Yeah, which is which is pretty impressive. And I know it was a huge deal in Hawaii. The very Mm -hmm. pride of their, you know, huge pride when it comes to sports and their athletes. And the fact that they were able to put a team together that went to the Little League World Series and won uh, was was a big, big deal. Bigger than anywhere else. Like, there was a whole parade and everything, I think, when they went back. So, Amazing. Uh, pretty cool fact. Yeah. No, that's all I got, LG. Actually, one of your – I have to throw this one out there. One of your former cast members became a firefighter at some point. See, they know. No, they, see they see know. the heads Yeah, they know. Everything. Yeah, they know. They got the group chat. <laughs> group chat. I can't who, believe well, it. Well, oh, who, who became the firefighter? That was uh, Mike Vitar that played That's Benny. It. Yep. Yeah, he's a firefighter. In, oh, oh, he's uh, still right. a firefighter. I didn't know mm-hmm. if that was current or not. Oh Ooh. yeah, he's still a firefighter. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool, man. Mm-hmm. I think in, is it in California? Is that is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay, here mm-hmm. actually, I have a, a I, I'm inventing a question for you guys. Speaking <laughs> of Benny, so at the end of the film, at the end of the Sandlot, it flashes forward like 20 years, right? And Benny is in the major leagues, um, and. Uh, uh, Smalls is the announcer, right? Mm-hmm. And and then, but then none of you guys aren't there. There's no future versions of you guys. If you guys, and this is at the time, so not like a current actor now, but if you had to pick a hot actor of the time to play you in the future, like flashback kind of thing, end scene, 
who would you have chosen of like a, a you know mid 20s early 30s like actor from that was popular in like the early 90s who who would you choose that's good to be you oh i would want uh christian slater nice mm. nice okay <laughs> grant grant's grant's thinking well i've got to do math in my head now he's too old but i'm gonna go <laughs> with it anyway which is jeff gold oh wow nice oh nice that's that good have, that that's really good man i don't think he was that he was, older, I think he was he's older than you think yeah. LG. he is yeah, yeah he was you're right he was even in jurassic park he's i think he's like he was making 40s. jurassic park that year so he wouldn't have played <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, 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 no, no. <laughs> slater's good we uh we we joke sometimes on like who would who would do this we've uh wade boggs has come on board and said he'll gladly play smallest's real father in uh yeah if the series goes we'll be able to get boggs to come on board which would be which would be really series goes yeah or does that mean we're in for a reboot guys because they seem to be rebooting absolutely there's been uh a lot of talk about it um there's a script i can confirm um and uh yeah you never know uh they've they've i mean they've had us come in and like pitch us on all the ideas and stuff so like Mm we know what would happen. I mean, you kind of have a hint at the end of the movie because it tells you like sort of what right. each character goes on to do. But um, yeah, they, there's a, there's a pilot and everything. Um, so. Do they, do they still want to see your baseball skills? I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I think some of us still got it a little bit. They, awesome. they had us get together. I was, it was for the 25th. We did something with the today show or something and they had us all on a field. You know, to get together, they're like, all right, now we're gonna have everybody back. We're like, oh shit, we train wreck. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, don't worry, it's live. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Oh man, that's, that's really that's cool. Hilarious. Oh, right on. Well, guys, um, thanks so much for coming on, Vic. Thanks for thanks for messaging us to make this happen. This has been fun. It's been yeah, cool chat thanks with you guys. for having us, man. This is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Really is there cool. anything else you, you guys want people to know about the collection? Anything else at all? Yeah, uh, you know, you can go to boysofsummer.cards. Uh, packs will be on sale now. Um, and uh, I think the sale is going to run. We're going to run it for the next, like, four weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it's over, uh, I think June 19th, right, uh, we're going to be dropping a special uh, commemorative token, and anybody who holds that token, there's going to be some really, really super cool utility that we have planned hmm. for that. Nice, oh, we love that. Nice. Well, everybody, go join in the Discord. Careful, also, careful what you guys wish for. You tell us to go to the Discord because sometimes Phil and I join a Discord, and it I, that was going to be my next. We would question. love to have you guys. I mean, causing I started fights yeah, today in the no. NHL, like whatever breakaway Discord, just going there and destroying Montreal <laughs> fans and stuff. So, you know, I'm always ready for a, a good old Discord rumble. Is always is always is always a fun time. We tend also, to cause uh, a lot of chaos when we join Discords. When we first go in there, just when we first go in there, we tend to come in guns blazing. And we so another exclusive is uh, LG and Phil are going to be our first official guest moderators of the Discord. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want us And the Discord was banned. <laughs> the Discord was. Violated every term of service actually, set out by Discord. Instantly. Actually, LG probably has one question for you guys. Do you guys allow gifts and things like that to be posted in your Discord, or is that banned? I believe like, we gi- have like set it so that gifts yeah. can go. Okay. But <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's very yep. important to me. There's a there's a gifts channel, I believe, for sandbox oh, wow. specific <laughs> gifts and memes, oh. topic specific LG. 
so, yeah, we've tried to we've tried nice. to put the channels in there that we feel people would want to for sure. You know, just start their own organic uh, conversations around, and we're open to suggestion as to what else to do with it. So we're gonna I'm figure sure it out. You guys are only okay. scratching the surface with that stuff. To be honest, if yeah. people come from listening to this episode, can they get a special role? That's called like first mint special yeah. role or something like that. And they just go in there and say, like, I'm here from the first mint. You give and it doesn't do anything, but just give them a little like like a color for their name or something like that. Yeah. When's right? it airing? Oh, I, you, I, like you, it literally goes live like as soon as, as soon as we wrap up. Yeah, it's like okay. it'll be it'll be on uh, pretty soon. And then it goes out in a newsletter quick. tomorrow morning. So <laughs> nice. Oh wow. The newsletter. Yeah, we'll do that wow. for you. We'll do that for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We'll utility for all all our holders. Look at that utility. All right. You guys get a special role. In the thirtieth, in the Boys of Summer Discord, how about that? Mm -hmm. How about that? Bear market, baby. You get special roles. That's pretty good. Um, okay, last thing. Vic sent me a photo of him with Vanilla Ice, and it's signed. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty freaking cool, man. Wow. That's that pretty great, isn't it? Actually, awesome. <laughs> it's one of my favorite pictures. Oh man! It even that, so like, even even like before knowing you, if you just showed me this photo, I was like, "This is like a nostalgic photo right mm. there." Like that is like a dope <laughs> photo to just have as like a snapshot uh -huh. of like films from the '90s. You know, is that that's pretty good, that especially the getup. I love that they dressed him like Guile from Street Fighter, basically. Like <laughs> yeah. that, that's the outfit. <laughs> is that he's some kind of like crazy like military kind oh, of? Oh, the dude movie's worth watching just to see all of his uh, wardrobe. It's pretty yes. amazing. <laughs> nice. Oh, man, that's, that's awesome. Okay. Right on, you guys. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. Phil and I are down for a couple more minutes and wrap up, but uh, you guys are, are free to go. And um, yeah, everybody check out 30th anniversary of the Sandlot, Boys of Summer. We'll post the links in the in the podcast description. And um, yeah, great to meet you guys. Cool. We appreciate thanks. you guys. Thanks a lot, guys. That's it. Wow. That was amazing. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe wow. it. Wow. <laughs> Phil, if you if you could pick, okay, we did say a lot. If you could pick any other film from our childhood to get like randomly get the cast members on, what would you choose? What would be next? Oh, it, it's hands down Mighty Ducks. Like there's, there's nothing else. I mean, <laughs> we we taught we still refer to like every time I see a, a terrible shot in hockey, I still call mm -hmm. it like a knuckle puck, right? Uh, but that dude, that knuckle <laughs> yeah. puck guy, forgot his real name. He has not changed since the movie. He still looks. He's Keenan Thompson. Guy. He's on SNL. He's the dude, longest he running the member of Saturday Night Live. Scene. He yes, has not, he looks like, identical. He's one of the only kind of childhood sports movie characters where you can be like, that's knuckle puck guy. Even when he's like 50 yes. years old. That's Instantly. Him. Yes. He's 45. <laughs> he's 45 and he looks the exact same as he did in Mighty Ducks. I don't even know how that's possible. Um, but I mean, that was, I mean, Mighty Ducks, the Sandlot, those were, you know, I, I, I wanted to bring this up. It's, it's in reading that list of movies there from 1993. Mm -hmm. It, it makes me realize how much the movie industry has changed since mm. those days. I feel mm. like the classics don't exist anymore. You know, mm. you pull up a list of movies from last year that were top of the box office. You're like, what the hell are these? The sequels. Right? Like, what is this all crap? shit? Right? Yeah. I, but, but that's also normal, LG. I mean, they're, they're eventually going to mm -hmm. run out of things to do, right? If you think about it, 100 years down the line, you're, I mean, you're, you're running out of stuff to do. It just, it's just the way it is, right? Um, and yeah. they don't make the classics they used to make back in the mm -hmm. day like these sports classics mm -hmm. when we were kids we grew up in a very special era when it comes to these movies right yeah um, well what they would do back then is i think that they would fund a bunch of like rando movies and then and then knowing that some of them might turn into huge hits right i think especially making kids films you're like okay let's try all this different stuff 
and they would green light and give budgets to like really, really out there concepts or things that didn't have proof. It was just mm -hmm. like, listen, people love kids movies. They love sports. So let's crank out a few every year. And that's what the studios would do. Whereas now it's so formulaic. They're like, you know what people love? Iron Man. You know, like, <laughs> just right. like, that's you know, people love Vin Diesel racing cars. Yes. Like, it's just the same shit. But even something like Fast and Furious, which is ironic now that it's such a long running franchise. That's an example of that type of movie that they're like, you know, what's kind of trendy with young people like street racing. It's kind of dangerous. Let's pick basically an unknown cast and put them into this movie that has no proven formula. Like nobody was no proof that anybody wants to watch a movie about like street racing and drama and all this kind of shit. And it turned into one of the longest running franchises ever. So I think it's, it's funny. Like the studios just don't have the appetite for risk that they used to. And as a result, you don't have these like mm -hmm. classic gems mm -hmm. that get made anymore. Okay. Uh, that, that like, cause Sandlot is such a good example of like a total, like that's like an indie classic, man. Like that, something that's like, that was just another kid's movie had no right being like this huge, huge well-known movie, but it is, it is right. Um, so because it like who are the stars in that besides james earl jones that they must have paid like 90 percent of the budget <laughs> that's to, right to sit sit there for one literally one freaking scene he's in the, he's in one scene that's it he doesn't do anything else he just shows up he's like i'm blind have your ball back see you later like that's he doesn't do anything else uh and then um is it christian slater who plays his dad who plays like his stepdad uh it's not christian slater anyways no, but yeah like, like but those are the two people that are like let's pay them and then like let's just find kids that we can pay like, I don't hey, know how much wait hold on they got they got dennis the menace dinosaur <laughs> yeah. i mean that's a pretty big deal after a three-minute trailer you don't make three-minute trailers it's true just that's they probably they, yeah that's exactly that's that's what got him on the list to do the audition <laughs> is that he was in the actually i'm surprised he didn't have a bigger role considering that he was the vanilla ice kid Right, because that's pretty. That's I mean, I guess they that's all have right. a pretty even role uh, outside of like Benny and Smalls. They're all pretty. They're all. They all have like the kind of their moments. So, um, anyways, that was cool. That's super random. That's, that's another cool, thing man. that like Phil. There's no way in the world anything like that would have ever happened if we didn't do this podcast. It's true, <laughs> and and I bet like, you, I, like I said, the the, we just found things out that a lot of people didn't know. Like I had no clue. Yeah. They made them do yeah. an actual baseball. Like, can you throw a ball? Like, oh shit, we didn't mm -hmm. even think about that. Can you even hit a ball? Like, we can't be filming a baseball movie. You guys can't even swing a damn bat, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's hilarious, man. I, I thought that was really cool. And, um, you know, it sounds like there's more Sandlot stuff coming. That's what I got out of that conversation, right? Yeah, more exciting. NFTs and that there's there's a series in the background that they're trying mm -hmm. to green light. So mm -hmm. that, that I wouldn't be surprised at all if they brought that. You know, that seems like prime prime thing for for Netflix or for Disney to re resuscitate um, is to bring that back. So and, and hit on that nostalgia. And even like you're saying, you know, if your kids are into it, then most people's kids. It'll keep it. going forever. That's yeah. the kind that appeals to absolutely everybody who likes sports. Um, it's just they even mentioned it little giants is another one you watch little giants mm -hmm. you can really really relate to a movie like that right mm -hmm. it's your classic underdog versus you know um kind of bad guy movie sort of in in the sense that there's always you know the the the, the aggressor in that one in little giants and then the underdogs mm -hmm. and you know it's just how it is and and you know yeah. rick moranis and that one was from honey i shrunk the kids and i, I right. feel like back then it was it was a totally different style but like I said, we grew up in the right era for those, man. We have so many memories of movies in the Sandlot. I would say it was one of the movies I've watched the most all the time. It has to be. You know, I think it's funny that in the last couple of months, we've kind of taken like a nostalgic flair where we start the shows by talking about like things from our childhood. And then the first guests that come on, that message us to come on is someone, the guys from a movie from 30 years ago. It's actually unbelievable. <laughs> that's, that's all I want now. I don't want any new people. I only want people from things from a long time ago. You know, right, that's, let's see that's, who you bring on next. <laughs> yeah, who else is dropping an <laughs> NFT collection? That'd be pretty good. Uh, Phil, I mean, I don't think there's anything else to chat about. We we chatted briefly on uh, 
top shot drama um and i don't think there's much else to go into have you been playing maybe we could talk, talk for about so rare for a couple minutes have you been doing have you been playing so rare baseball or nba at all i am falling off the face of the earth with so rare it's okay. it's just when i have to set a lineup once a week i can get it done but if i have to set it up twice the fact that all three sports are at different times is where i struggle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm constantly going in there and looking at the upcoming kind of um, slate mm-hmm. to see when I have. Mm-hmm. And then I have a mental idea of when I can set lineups. I do like mm-hmm. to set lineups. I'll still do it. Right. I, it's free mm-hmm. for me. So, um, yeah. but I do miss it sometimes. Like I, I miss, I miss the deadlines and then I have to wait four or five days for another one to come around. Yeah. Um, but I am getting, all, I'm getting, I'm getting a lot with baseball now to the point where I can almost put a training team together uh, mm-hmm. from all the freebies I'm winning in the other contests. Mm-hmm. But I'm not hardcore into it. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's it is kind of like NBA playoffs. You know, wasn't that big of a whoop for what they did, right? We talked about this extensively of like mm-hmm. the points and you get to shop in the store and all that kind of stuff. And even today, like I don't know, I, I placed in like the you know, everybody gets a common card and I got like a tier two common card and then it was Darius Garland and I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> I can't use that Next. at all. Like, uh, maybe give me a. Oh yeah, the NBA. Playing. I keep getting those. Yeah, things. NBA. Yeah. I was like, okay, thank you. Seriously. Like, I what what do I do with this? Like, why don't you give me a player who's in it? Like, yeah, I'm shocked that play. they actually. What do I do with Darius Garland? I know you. There's like the free swap every day, but I was like, just no, just it's a it's a common. Is there's not even a mint count for these? Like, just give me somebody that 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 that's current. That's still, I'm give me a no name player doesn't do that. Like what? Yeah, that's I thought awesome. I thought that that was kind of strange. Um. And I don't know. Yeah. Like NBA has been good. I still, I still enjoy playing it, but it's getting narrower and I don't really have enough like paid cards to, to compete anymore with, with so few teams. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and, and, and their volume and user count is down like pretty hard compared to what it was like two months ago. But I think that's normal. Like, I, I don't think every, every NFT project has to like prop up through the playoffs and stuff like that. I think it's normal for them to have like a natural wind down. So I'm not NBA. I think, I think they did a great job this year. And hopefully they're retooling for next year for another big launch for, for their season two baseball. I'm enjoying um, and uh, winning some cards here and there, which is good. And it's a good way to kind of passively follow baseball because baseball is hard to watch and, and hard to follow teams outside of your own. One thing so rare did reveal Phil that I wouldn't want to talk about was they uh, on the soccer side last week, they announced benefits for collections, which we've talked about a few times mm-hmm. where it's, if you own, maybe you missed this because you were on your road trip. I didn't see that, but basically yeah you own the full set of a team for a given season, you get a percentage boost in the contest of those cards. So, and that's only for soccer. So, uh, but let's say if you did apply this to baseball, I'd be like, if you own all the blue Jays cards from this current season, not last season, this current season, you can get up to like a 5% boost on those cards during the season. So they are rewarding that collector thing. It's not mm-hmm. significant. Um, and I think oh, that man. they have like a, they actually rolled something out called the collector score, which is hilarious. Uh, it's so similar to Top Shot. But, but what I wanted to say, I, I can tell you don't care. But what I wanted to say <laughs> is that on the NBA side, a couple months ago, when they rolled out like the team collections at the top, you know, it says like you have your cards and you can go collections and it shows you which players you have from which teams. As soon as they did that, I went through every single team to see who the bottlenecks were. And I bought up the most random ass oh, players. I remember you were uh, doing that. Yes, I went totally berserk. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to go find these bottlenecks because you know you never know what could happen from that. So I ended up buying um, Marcus Zegarowski, who played for Brooklyn, Justin Lewis from the Bulls, uh, DJ Wilson, Josh Jackson, and Gabe Brown, all for the Raptors. 
and just kind of went and like bought these. And since they announced these collections the other day, one account has been sending me offers every single hour. Wow. For really? Marcus for Marcus Zegarowski from the Nets and DJ Wilson for the Raptors. Damn. He's been bombarding me. And this person will send me an offer and two hours later cancel the offer. Oh yeah. <laughs> and their name is Gano. G- I get the weirdest offers. And oh, and it's like constant Gano, like at once, like just shows up every hour, like all through the weekend. And he's offering me like for DJ Wilson, Corey Kispert, like it's just random. Either like he offers me $5 or some rando player and props to you, Gano. Like I can't even keep up. Like by the time I actually check my phone, your offer has been rescinded. So it's very, oh, that happens to me all the time. Yeah. I have the same thing. Uh, man. People yeah, just right now he's then vanish. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I guess I did well buying the bottlenecks because some somebody out there wants them, but I think there's only literally only one person who's caught on to that so far, and it's it's Gono, Gono Jono, whoever that is. So yeah. well done, Anyways, Gono. That, Gono, yeah. Let's what a go good. Leaves. Uh, that's that's all I got. That's all I got about that. So we. It's not very exciting up. right now. That's all I'm gonna say. There's not. No, there's and I think that that's okay. I think that's okay. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not it's a less exciting time in sports because we just had like an absolute, like an overwhelming time where it's like April baseball starting first round of the playoffs or NBA, NHL. Oh, it's one of the greatest NCAA March madness, all that. Yeah. It's we just passed one of the greatest March madness. We say it a lot of year, but yeah, building up to NFL draft, which is like another big event. But now it's like now Mm -hmm. NFL schedule is out now. NFL. It's like, well, now there's nothing happening. There's nothing for a while Mm -hmm. for NFL. Uh, NBA, it's like, yeah, it's exciting, but it's, you know, it's, it's down at this point. You're like, yeah, I'll watch some of the games, but it's down to four teams. It's a little, a, a little less exciting in a way. And NHL, we don't care. So, uh, you know, and you're in the middle of the baseball season. So I think it's okay for things to be quiet. And unfortunately, that means for Dapper that their, you know, their, their faux pas end up being a bigger deal mm-hmm. than probably they would be if there That's were right. other exciting things happening. But, and also in the NFT world, it's, a, it is a very quiet time, which is, which is fine. But I'm glad we got funny, funny, notable guests coming on to kind of pass the time. I love it. We need to do it more often. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, Phil, I don't have anything else. So we could probably wrap up right there. All right. What an episode. That's our first guest, live guest in a very Mm -hmm. long time. Mm -hmm. And if anyone out there, this is a bit of trivia for you guys. If you guys can, I guess, go in our Discord or tag us on Twitter, on social media somewhere. Mm -hmm. Who was the last live guest we had on? Ooh, like guest? Because I I did the Mm -hmm. the interview with with Noah from... Right. NFL all day recently, but, that but was the two of us part of together. our part of our partnership. Yeah, that la- last time you and I had a guest on that we mm-hmm. spoke to at the same time. Great question. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know uh, either. Well, I'll have to go back. Maybe and look. Wh- whoever can tell me first, little prize for you. Ooh, right, whoever that's that my is. kind yeah, of whoever, thing. Whoever can message me first with whoever our last guest is that me and Phil spoke to. Not on spaces. Not spaces. Has to be <laughs> something that's in the podcast feed or on YouTube somewhere. So you have to go find that. Not spaces. When we used to do spaces, we used to talk to like a thousand people. Okay. And LG matter. actually gives out prizes. Unlike me when I announce these things and there's actually no prize, LG will actually give you a prize. <laughs> <laughs> when we used to do poaps you're like yeah and you collect them all there'll be something special for you and i'm yep. like no there isn't there's nothing coming at all <laughs> just freaking mess with me mess with people <laughs> but in this case if you tell us the last live guest we had on when the two of us live were guest. on yeah on here not on spaces yeah. lg on will spaces. give you a small price so go nuts a prize. make yeah, sure you tag both of us
Oh, it has to be a tweet. That's how you want it. You want no. It can be a tweet. It can be in our Discord. It can. No, it has to be a tweet. It has to be a tweet. If it's any other format, it doesn't count. I no DMs or anything. It has to be a tweet tagging both of us in the first mint, telling us who the last live guest was that Phil and I spoke to. Happy endings. Okay. Well, Phil, have a great week, and uh, thanks everybody for listening. See ya.